Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Early Bird Chat 150 on this 22nd, well, no, 21st anniversary of 9-11, September 11th, 2022, Sunday morning, and welcome, everybody. Let's uh, take a quick look and see who we've got out there in the chat this morning. Looks like the first one out there, as is normal, Kingpin, was out there. Tactical Thud from the state of Arkansas. Ozzy Orsborne from Illinois is out there. Tony York is out there. 223 DMR is in the audience, as is DM Foss, the host of The Overnight, is still awake or awake again, however it is. Uh, scrolling down the list, Brian Bridges is out there. Old Crankman has joined us, as well as uh, MRH0661. Block 9 is out there. Mike has joined us. Tacos and French Fries is in the audience. Warsaw Patriot is out there. Crabby uh, Turtle has checked in. Um... The Gun Stop, my buddy from Oklahoma, is in the audience. Uh, let's see, who else? Scrolling down the list, I think that's it. So, uh, welcome one and all to the show. And uh, I'd like to say hello to my uh, lone panelists so far this morning. Single Shot has joined us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. Good morning to all in the chat. Hope everyone is doing well. That was a very nice uh, entrance into the show, Gary. Very nice. Well, thank you. And, of course, thanks to the voice of Obnoxious One, who uh, provided that narrative at the end of Foul Territory two years ago. And then I borrowed that audio to make my tribute video to Flight 93 last year. So, uh I thought it was appropriate since it was just about at this time that Flight 93 crashed. So, anyway, uh, gear report, gear-report.com. Jeff is out there. Good morning. And uh, so uh, I wouldn't think it would be appropriate to have a show on 9-11 without at least you know, sharing our remembrances of that day. I think any of us who are old enough to remember, which is pretty much all of our audience, are going to remember exactly where we were and what we were doing on that day. Uh, how about yourself? Do you have any remembrances of it? Yes, sir, I do. And I was driving north on I-85 in my own truck at the time. And I always carried my firefighter badge. And we have a tradition that if uh, we lose brothers and sisters in the communities, firefighter, law enforcement, that we acknowledge what has happened with a black band around that badge. And it's a tradition to 
wear that badge and that band for three days. I didn't have either and I put that badge on my shirt. A lot of folks asked me why I was wearing that. And I told them I was involved with law enforcement and with the firefighter community. There's some short conversations after that. I stopped in a rest area there in uh, North Carolina, south of Charlotte. And I didn't have a cell phone at the time, so I grabbed a payphone and called the wife at the home. And uh, she says, what's going on? I says, you turned the TV on yet? She says, no. I said, turn it on. Well, why? I said, just turn it on. And she turned it on. And of course, the news reports were all over about the Twin Towers being struck by two commercial aircraft. The aircraft had been hijacked, and they were talking about the third one destined at that point in time, they did not know where it was going. So she said, oh my God, we've been attacked. I said, yes, we have. That was a deliberate attack on our soil and ended up killing many, many people, many people. I think about the worst part of that whole scenario after the fact, I had contact from several friends, both communities. And I says, how did those people get through into this country? Well, the thing is with that, it really amazed me at the conversation that ensued thereafter. Those hijackers came down through Canada, Prince Edward Island, down into Bangor, Maine, the terminal there. Got a flight from there to Logan Airport, Boston, Massachusetts, and from there to the airport where they hijacked the aircraft. And a lot of folks figured that out in the state of Maine, and they of course, it's always, you know, gee, I wish we had known. I wish we had known. We could have stopped them. There was a lot of that conversation. But I'll say this. That is one day that I will never forget. And I would really like to see folks that are watching this morning if your children don't know what this was all about, sit down and take the time and explain it to them. Explain how things happen, why they happen. Why they happen was a direct attack on American soil. A lot of promises were made by politicians. Some were carried out, some were carried out in the wrong way and some didn't do anything at all, which really 
upset me because I really thought we had more American patriotism in our government than what we had at, the, at that point in time. So, our children, our generations really need to know and understand not only what happened, but how it happened. God bless America, Gary. And thank you so much for such a beautiful intro to the show. I was at work that day and uh, hadn't been there long, about 45 minutes, and a co-worker of mine came down to my cube and uh, he said, did you hear about the World Trade Center? And I said, no, I didn't know what he was talking about. He said, I said, what about it? And he said, well, uh, a plane flew into it and the building's on fire. And I said, you're kidding me. Yeah, Ozzy said, that's a moment of silence. That sounds appropriate. Uh, but uh, he said, no, he said, they're talking about it on the radio and everything. I've got it on in my cube. So uh, I walked down there. And at this point, there were several of us from the department that were all huddled around his cube listening to this. About that time, I think it was a minute or two later, that they were talking about a second plane had hit the other tower. And we all kind of looked at each other and it's like, okay, this this wasn't an accident. Uh, something, you know, the, this is some sort of attack. At this point, we pretty much knew what was going on at this point. And uh, so... I went back to my cube and I got my radio out and I remember setting it in the window because I couldn't get a signal in my cubicle. My supervisor comes over and wanted to know why I was playing the radio in the window and I tried to explain to her, we've got an event going on here, you know. And she said, well, I don't think that's appropriate. We're trying to get work done here today. I looked at her and I said, Debbie, I said, we're under attack. I said, I think this is kind of important and I'm doing my work. And she just kind of had a frown on her face and walked away. And uh, I can remember calling my wife because I was hearing reports later on that morning about uh, uh, gas prices going through the roof. And I called her and I told her, I said, go fill the car up now. And uh, she said, why? And I said, have you got the TV on? She said, no. Kind of like you, I said, turn the TV on. I said, we've got something bad going on here. I said, I'm hearing that we're going to be running out of gas shortly. Go fill the car up with gas. So uh, it was a crazy, crazy day. I remember that. Uh, Warsaw Patriot is with us, and I want to let him talk a little bit. Good morning, Warsaw. Morning, Gary. So, uh, what are your remembrances of that day? I know you're a younger fella, so you may not have been very old when that happened. That was a young buck. Um, I can remember about like it was eight or nine, seven o'clock at uh, in the afternoon when we got word about it. 
what I saw on TV was really stunning. First, I saw the first plane hit the building. I was like, all right, this has got to be an accident. Okay, something went off and something happened. Then um, it wasn't until the second plane hit the other building that caught me off guard. I'm like, all right, this is not making any sense. What the hell is going on here? So to my knowledge, and I think we're like literally at war with some other country. And um, the painful thing I saw, I mean, years later after I, you know, witnessed 9-11 happening on TV was seeing citizens fall out of the buildings. I could not witness anything more painful to see than seeing somebody making a choice. Either you either fall with the building or you jump out and not burn alive, but fall your death. That was the most darkest thing I could ever see. And um, to this day, I mean, 9-11 has been like a hurtful thing to me. You know, it's a painful reminder of what this country has gone through and what we've overcame. I mean, American citizens have actually gone to war because of that day. We're still, we've lost a lot of people because of that. Yeah, it was, I can remember going home and seeing the, I mean, I tried to get on back then would have been Yahoo News. Yep. To try to get news reports. And for the first two hours, they basically, they didn't have anything. They said there have been reports of an attack on the World Trade Center. We don't have any information. And then that started to trickle in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was some pretty scary stuff. And uh, it's like everybody's wondering what's going on. And here we are in a nuclear power plant out in the middle of the Kansas Prairie. And uh, we were all concerned, you know, because they were talking about, you know, potential targets. And, you know, nuclear power plants were kind of sitting ducks at that point. So... I mean, you're like a red dot target then. Yeah, you're high risk. So they grounded all of the air traffic. I can remember that. And we were all outside. <clears throat> you could see the the contrails of the jets up above because there are a lot of uh, jetways up above where I live. And you can normally mm-hmm. see see the trails. And you could literally see where planes turn around and made a U-turn went back to the nearest airport and stuff like that. And, of course, they restricted airspace above the plant, but we were all watching just to make sure there's nothing headed toward us. And that was scary. And they finally ended up releasing us early that day. And they told us to prepare to carpool the next day because they would be doing extra special checks of all the vehicles and everything. I can still remember coming to work the next day and there were National Guard troops at the entrance. Like, oh my God, this is real. And, uh... Betting arm to the teeth, too? Oh, yeah. And back then, we weren't used to that. Now our guards carry... ARs and stuff like that, but back then they didn't, and to see soldiers in uniform at the gate with uh, 
M16s. Uh, yes. And M M249 saws. Yeah, they they were they were armed. They were ready, and uh, it, it was kind of reassuring. I mean, at least we knew somebody wasn't going to drive up to the plant with a truck and blow us up. <clears throat> on the one hand, but uh, yeah. it was definitely a change <clears throat> from what we were used to. Was no question, Gary. I, I'm not trying to cut you off, but um, by any chance, was there also any uh, Air Force surveillance in the air? I imagine so. They may not have told us if there were. There were rumors that they were going to put a Patriot missile battery in there, but I don't think that ever happened. Uh, but uh, we were far enough inland that the chances of them getting us, now that all the commercial air traffic was shut down, you know, it would have been kind of hard to get that far inland with anything and get to us. But still, you know, you had to have that in the back of your mind when you came to work. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, TJ Persickety is out there in the audience. Dark side Dylan, Mario Mosen is out there saying, hi, uh, let's see. And uh, gearreport.com asked for a link that was sent. Chris Lang is out there. Uh, Chris says, day two, an entire unified United States of America, everybody flying flags. One week later, Patriot Act. Yep. Let's go ahead and welcome to the stream, Jeff of uh, GearReport.com. Good morning. Hi, Jeff. I'm working on my parade wave here. (laughs) (laughs) I know most people don't do cameras, but I like seeing myself, so I tend to... I camera up every time I go on. Oh, okay. That's fair. I figure you you have the controls. You are free to uh, shut me off so people don't have to be exposed to this anytime you like. Uh, I think we're fine. I mean, I'm actually right. here. I just don't normally run my camera during the show because I just don't. But, yes, I am. Greetings. I, I do actually have clothes on when I do this show, and <laughs> you see my coffee cup in the background. I'm just—I got my Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champion shirt on, ready for the NFL season, of course. But right now, we're talking about 9/11. So I One understand that thing. you had a story. I've got a two-part story, and. Um... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm debating. All right, which direction to go here? The standard part, like everyone else is sharing, where were you? What you were? What were you doing? Uh, this was back in my corporate days when I was working for one of the big pharma companies, and uh, I was in kind of a, a upper level kind of tech support slash business role, and working in a cube farm. You know, we we had a building. The whole department was in this one huge room, and we all had cubicles with within there, so you could hear what what was going on with other people pretty easily. And uh, so I'm sitting there working away, doing whatever I was doing on the computer, and I start getting. Um, like private messages. We had some sort of internal private message system. I don't remember what we were using at the time. Um, but my coworker who sat two cubes down from me or one cube down from me uh, was actually in Puerto Rico. We, we were supporting uh, something the Salesforce was doing in Puerto Rico. 
um, and he was there for a convention and he starts pinging me with messages because um, because he knew I was in the Air Force and I'm a pilot. He's like, hey, did someone just fly a little plane into a big building in New York? I was like, yeah, I, I got no idea. He just assumed that, you know, but I was pretty plugged in with the pilot community that if any kind of aviation stuff happened, you know, people started reaching out to me and um, it, it pretty quickly became apparent that uh, all of my coworkers that were in Puerto Rico, they weren't getting home anytime soon. Like that, there was legitimate concern that they would be, you know, stuck for a month or more unable to get back to the U.S. So so that was kind of the first bit of drama was focused on, you know, the people I was working with. Um, but pretty quickly, as it became apparent what was happening, um, we had um, <laughs> this was back in the day when we had the the big CRT screens on carts that you'd push around with VCRs and DVD players under them. And they pulled those out in the main areas. Um of the office building and people just kind of stood around staring at the TV in silence for quite a while. Um, and then, uh, we, we had pagers back then too. And, um, my pagers started going off. And at the time I was doing uh, search and rescue work with the civil air patrol and my pager is going off with, you know, notes like, Hey, suit up. Um, so we, um, I, I headed home to grab my flight bag and flight suit and credentials to get into the airport. And the idea was we were tasked with flying uh, multiple aircraft with uh, blood supplies up towards the D.C. area um, because they needed all the blood they could get for the, the medical facilities for everyone being treated. Um, before we made it to the airport, they rerouted us to go pick up vans and said, you know, we, we were actually given clearance, even though the air was shut down for just about everyone. They gave us clearance to fly up there. And we said, you know what? I, you know, <laughs> I don't think I want to be driving a plane anywhere near Washington, D.C. today with, you know, people with twitchy trigger fingers and, you know, nothing but F-16s and, and F-15s flying around up there. So I, I think I'd rather drive. So we loaded up uh, two vans with blood at the Red Cross in Durham, North Carolina, and drove it up to the state of Maryland's emergency operations center, uh, where, you know, it was handed off to someone else to distribute within the hospital system there. So, so that day I started like any other day, went to the office, working my, you know, white collar job. And before the day was over, I was sleeping on a rack in an old, you know, army barracks at the, um, Maryland, uh, emergency operations center and watching, you know, the whole, it, it was like in a movie where you see the emergency operations centers, they got the huge screens up and rows of people kind of like at mission control, you know, watching the screens with their phones and computers and stuff. And it was a very surreal experience. Um, I think the, the worst part, the, the worst part was the realization of what had just happened. But physically, the worst part was driving around the, the beltway in D.C. to get up to the emergency operations center. We went through the smoke plume coming off of the Pentagon. And I 
the smells from that building, from everything that was burning there, that is something that will be with me the rest of my life. It was, man, it make make the hair stand up on my arm thinking about it. It's uh, it, that was a freaky yeah. experience. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I spent the night there. I think it was uh, a couple hours into the next day when they said uh, they had said, "Hey, can y'all stay around in case we need you to." move things around and we're like yeah we can do that uh, well in the meantime you know i'm i'm trying to find a line where i can call my wife and say hey i don't know if i'll be back today or tomorrow or what's going to happen and so i think that added some additional stress for her but um i was thankful that in a on a day when almost everyone in the country was feeling like oh my god i wish i could do something i actually had an avenue by which i could do something um, but even at that, you know, we, we still felt fairly helpless. Like we wish we could do more, you know, we, we, we were helping, yeah. but was that, you know, what, was there anything else yeah. we could do? It was, uh, yeah. it was interesting. Definitely. So, so yeah, that, that's my story. One other thing too, that I'd like to mention, there was a time frame after that. I, I was living in Georgia at the time. And a lot of uh, information was coming through that they were planning another uh, attack, but a different type. Of course, down south, they have a lot of crop dusters. And there was information being passed around to the pilots in the area that if you have a crop duster, chain it guard it mm. and make sure that you know where that aircraft is at all times because what they were planning was to take uh aerosol poison turn it into aerosol flying over major sports events and the such to do damage in that direction as well. And I've never seen any state going to high alert. It was the group of people that was not military. You couldn't get anywhere near one of those aircraft. Because if you tried, uh, I'm afraid it was going to be a fatal event if you did because those boys down there don't fool around. Adjoining states got the same information if there was crop dusters in those areas. Those farmers were told the same thing. Chain those aircraft down and make sure that they're guarded continuously. So it, it was it was a very harrowing experience to say the least. So I want to say good morning to Defense Dad out in the chat. Also, uh, Razor JB, John Brown Productions has joined us, as has Mike White. So good morning, one and all. Once again, we're remembering 9-11. Feel free to post any remembrances you have out in the text chat. And uh, so... uh, yeah, it was the things that happened in the days to follow. Uh, 
Major League Baseball, of course, was in the stretch drive of the season and ended up uh, postponing games indefinitely at the time. Um, And uh, that was odd to see empty ballparks and stuff like that. There were questions as to whether the NFL would play, college football would play games and stuff like that. And uh, like was brought up earlier, I can remember in the days following people just bringing flags to work. I mean, there were huge flags on the walls and stuff like that. Small ones given out to uh, people to put on their cubes, uh, stickers. And uh, the patriotism that follows, which... To me, it's kind of like, why isn't that always there? But Americans exactly. Americans tend to forget, Amer- like we have now. I mean, Americans tend to forget what can happen and did happen that day. And that we came together as a nation to remember and to defend. And there was... Uh, an aura of defiance and an aura of unity in this country. For a while, the line between left and right, between Democrat and Republican, if you will, virtually blurred. And we were united in, you know, helping each other. Uh, People were going to 9-11 and helping the recovery effort. People were attending memorials and stuff like that. And we were probably more of a united nation at that point than I can ever remember in my life or since, as far as that goes. Uh, But uh, why we're not always that way, I don't know. Uh, it's just like somebody said, 223DMR says America's memory is about 12 inches long. He's not inaccurate there. Uh, That's right. But uh, that was a time I was, I can really say I was proud of my country. Not that I'm not always proud of my country. Don't get me wrong. I think I'm probably misstating there, but I was proud of us, us being the American people. And our attitudes and our unity and uh I just I just wish we could always be that way, but of course things are what they are. Uh <clears throat> as far as remembrances goes, my my wife was a para at the local school at the high school and uh she said that they pulled Kind of like Jeff was saying, they pulled a mobile television into the classroom and let the kids watch. And uh, they were horrified. A lot of yeah. them had trouble dealing with it. They finally ended up having to dismiss school in the middle of the day because kids were just so upset. Yeah. And, uh, you know, disbelief turned to panic and then quickly turned into anger 
and uh, Defiance and everything else. Yeah. And uh, the range of emotions. I don't know that we'll ever feel that again. Yeah. Not that I think 9-11 was a good thing. It was a horrible thing. There were thousands of lives lost that day. Like Warsaw said, I can visually remember coming home that night and watching news footage of the towers and people jumping out of the towers. Right. Because the fire was encroaching upon them. And just just watching that and hearing the story about Flight 93 like we heard earlier and stuff like that. People who were facing death in a plane that was being hijacked and decided they weren't going to let this plane be part of that. They were going to die anyway. And they were unarmed, but they decided they were going to do everything they could to make sure that this plane didn't target anything it was supposed to. And they were successful. They stopped what could have been an attack on the White House or the Capitol or goodness knows, I believe that's where they determined Flight 93 was destined for, or they think so anyway. They probably don't or will never know for sure, but I'm sure it was a potential target. And uh, these guys, these were, for the most part, uh, regular people, businessmen. Yeah. They went up there with their forks and their, you know, their plastic forks and their plastic knives, rushed the cabin, rushed the attackers who were armed with uh, box cutters. Uh, Who knows what happened to them? I'm sure it was pretty horrible turn of events there but that plane crashed in into a rural area in pennsylvania and there is one heck of a memorial there now and i hope to go see it someday that means a lot to me that tells about americans normal everyday americans who would not allow this plane to do harm to other people even though they were going to die anyway. They decided they weren't going to do it. And that's a spirit of America I want to remember. Yeah. Could it happen again? I sure hope so. Um, Yeah. Well, Gizzard, I wanted to point that out. God forbid if anything happens like another 9-11 attack. I pray to God, and God forbid if it ever occurs that um, if any Air Force airman or U.S. Naval pilot has to make a choice about shooting down an airliner to prevent another 9-11, I wish the best of luck to you because that will haunt you for the rest of your life, dude. I cannot make a choice like that. We were in that similar situation when we found out the entry into this country, the path that those people took why I mentioned uh, when I was speaking at the first part of the show that if we could have stopped them, if somebody knew, if we, we could have notified the airports of these people when they come through, we could have stopped it. But we had, we had no information on it whatsoever. There's something else, too, uh, Gary... 
something yeah. else too, Gary. And I found out this after quite some time after this. I I want to make this statement before I say this. I hate no one. I may hate their ways, but I hate no one. But when I found out the, that the Muslim religion tried to claim that location to build a mosque on. They just wanted to do that as an insult to this country. We conquered this area. This mosque is going to be the reminder. The fact that that's the way those people do, is they will believe in the Quran, its teachings, and they will carry through what they believe is the right thing to do by their spiritual leader. And it's just something that is just wrong. And I highly believe that any city or state that considers something like that to transpire that's horrendous in thought as far as that goes as well it's just a terrible thing committed by terrible people evil people and we can't hate people that's a tough thing to say. Hate is a part of anger, just as anger is a part of hate. And you can't True. do it. You've got to forgive and carry on. Can I uh, speak on part of this? Sure. Sure. I can actually relate to a single side on this. Um, after 9-11 attack, I actually had a major anger towards the Muslim culture and people. I didn't like have a serious hatred, but I did have like a hatred towards the evil of what they're doing. And that went to the the Taliban, the Al Qaeda, you know, ISIS, you could also put them on the list as well. But um, what changed me like years prior, I found out about, like, I'd say when I was in high school, I started learning about um, the lone survivor about Marcus Luttrell. It wasn't until I found out about the man, Mohammed Ulam, who risked his life to save one United States Navy SEAL. It changed me on a whole spectrum of things. I thought, like, all Muslims are bad. No. Right. It's a small majority that ruined a whole majority. And that one man really opened my eyes and realized, you know, we got to forgive and forget. But we also do need to hate evil itself. It's not the people. It's the evil that's in within our own minds and hearts. That's right. Well said. <clears throat> well said. <clears throat> but yeah, the emotions on the days following that, a lot of people swung. And it did start out to be a lot of hatred directed at <clears throat> the Muslim culture. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, you're right. Uh, we are talking about radical radical Muslims here, people 
with the intention of doing harm to this country and uh, doing bad things and uh, and no remorse for human life. Right. 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 It's not it's not the person that is responsible for that. It's the evil spirit that took over their consciousness and forced them to do what they did. I like I said, I hate nobody. I may hate their ways, but I hate no one. And I don't judge. That's that's not up for me to do. That is up for God Almighty to do. They have to force they have to meet their maker, whatever they believe in, in answer to the actions of their uh, existence on this planet. You know, um, after 9-11 actually happened, you know, the crazy thing happened uh, when uh, Bush was in office. What was that? Vladimir Putin, believe it or not, the one we knew before, not the one today, but uh, years prior before, he actually came to New York and actually paid respects to us and uh, those we lost, as well as his own citizens actually died in the trade centers. Yeah. He, there was actually, believe it or not, a majority of uh, Russian and uh, American Russian citizens that were actually in the trade centers that died along with us. Yeah, that's a, that was an international community in those trade centers. And um, so, I yeah. I even found out uh, Poland actually was even concerned because they even lost a lot of people in that. The Republic of Poland really even suffered big time with us. Yeah. Then I can remember all the, all the New York firefighters that lost their lives trying to evacuate the buildings and trying oh to fight the fires. Yeah. I yep. even I even saw the uh, documentary on them. I remember hearing all their alarms going off right after the building collapsed and what was left of them. All their walkies, everything. Yeah. I I can't, having lived through it as an adult, I can't think of nine eleven without a little bit of a tear coming to my eye. I mean, so many. Yes, sir. So many lives lost and such shock. Not that any, even one life lost isn't sad. Of course it is, but it was just a shock. Like, uh, like you wouldn't believe if you're not old enough to remember it. It was just, uh, I'm sorry I had to live through that, but, uh, of all the patriotism and everything that did make me proud, the, the shock and the sadness of that day, thinking about all the people in that building, knowing that they were about to die, thinking of all the people on Flight 93 who knew that they probably weren't going to survive, uh, thinking of all of us and how helpless we felt and stuff like that. Uh, now... Circling back to one of the points as far as what happened leading up to this, we know that the people who piloted the planes, the attackers, if you will, went to flight schools here in the United States. 
to learn how to fly planes. And it was stated that they were mainly concerned with how to steer the planes and how to take off, but they weren't interested in learning how to land them, which kind of should have been the should have been the red flag right there, but I guess they weren't thinking along those terms. Uh, someone else brought up the fact, old Crankman said this wasn't the first time that they tried to attack the World Trade Center. They set off a bomb in 1993 on the bottom floor. That's true. Uh, yep. We kind of, I remember the, thinking of the time was that prior to that, Americans had never really been victims of mass terrorism, and we were all kind of wondering, you know, it's going to happen. When's it going to happen? Where's it going to happen? Well, we found out soon enough. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Now, uh, hey, um, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say old Crankman has made, I don't really want to read it word for word, but making allusions to the fact of that there were, well, I'll go ahead and read it. It's fair. He says, since a controlled demolition needs to be planned ahead of time, the inevitable conclusion here is that explosives have been planted in the World Trade Center buildings at some point prior to 9-11. I don't buy that. Person. It's like exactly like they say, oh, it's a government job. A government plane hit the buildings and stuff. Yeah, I'm well aware of that thinking. Yeah. I but, uh, I just I see don't... it for what it is. They, we were attacked by some other foreign country and some bad individuals were doing part of it. So Razor JB says, people painting their lawns or roofs and American flags for all to see as well as aircraft flying above was very touching. Uh, 223DMR says the spirit of America is not gone, and I think it's going to return very shortly. Uh, Razor JB again says, I'm very surprised it hasn't happened in the last five years with our country in turmoil and vulnerable as it has been. Yeah, me too. Those tacticals out there with the hashtag never forget. Bernie Sanchez is out there. Good morning, everybody. Clovertack is out there saying they were also using Microsoft Flight Simulator software. It was a big controversy there. I have that same version they used. I did not know that. Uh, Ghost says, the best was how we were as a country on September the 12th. And Clover says, if a conspiracy requires many people to pull off, well, it is unlikely what happened. It is very, very hard for people to keep their mouths shut. We know this. That's also true. Now, uh, uh, now go Richard, ahead. I got a question. Yeah. From 9-11 to 2011, do you think we actually got justice after going after Osama? Like full justice? Because I don't think we did yet. And we still haven't. Uh, I don't know how you get justice for something like that. Is there such a thing? I mean, what do you do? Go blow up one of their buildings in retribution? No. And that's that revenge. makes us just as bad as they are. That's revenge. I'm talking just as far as going after the people responsible. Oh, I... Yeah. 
because I think is, we've got most there. of them. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but they're still out there to this day, and you know, after twenty years of being in the Middle East, a lot of them. Yeah, but like I said, I don't think we've gotten rid of most of them out there. Ghost Tactical says there will never be justice. Yeah. Razor JB says justice, no, and we never will, but we kept the fight over there and not on American soil. soil. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, Assam was just one of the people of the snakes. Yeah. And um, to a certain extent, he was actually our own doing. He was actually a, um, a uh, agent of ours during the Soviet-Afghan War. CI, basically. Hmm. Okay, so Clover Tacky says, I'm trying to understand what he's saying here. They don't have not building to blow up. They're not materialistic. And that is one thing they hate about us. We are. Ghost says no one wants to fight us on our own soil. Well, that's just the thing. They didn't want to fight us. They just wanted to do damage to us. They well, wanted to um, show us they were was, out there. Who was it that was trying to attack us back in the Second World War? It was Japan, right? Yeah. They did attack us on our soil, so that's technically a little similar. Yeah, they attacked us on our own soil while they had people over in Washington negotiating with the president. Right. A cowardice act. Yeah. They, I'm pretty sure those people knew full well what was oh, going yeah. on. Gunpowder yeah, Beauty is out there. In the way I see it is um, 9-11 was a cowardice act. He couldn't just go to war with us. He just attacked innocent civilians. Yep. Now, Clovertech says, is an air raid on our own soil? Well, <laughs> yes. Yes and no. I mean, they're not landing on our soil and attacking that way. But, yeah, they come in and they bombed us on our own, what was our own territory at the time, uh, killed innocent people. Uh, ships sitting in a harbor. These weren't even ships that were out patrolling, you know, or doing anything. We weren't involved in a war. We were neutral. We're sitting in a harbor. We oh. were vulnerable, and we were attacked unprovoked for no reason at that time. Yep. yep. And, uh, let's see, Ghost says, attacking and fighting a war are different things. A sustained war on our soil will not work out well for anyone. Right. Uh, G23 says Japan did attack the U.S. on September the 9th, 1942 in Brookings, Oregon and Port Orford. They did have, I heard rumors of that both they and the Germans had submarines not too far offshore and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. were exploring things. Uh, The Germans sent spies who actually went down and uh, posed as tourists to view the, what was it, the power 
the power generators and stuff in New York City, they have big tour of their underground generators and stuff, and they know that uh, German German spies actually posed as tourists and toured that. So, Misha says, I always thought the idea of fighting a religious idea, however warped it was or is, is insane for killing an idea is far harder than a person. Uh, let's see. Old Crankman said, police received several calls that a group of men had been seen videotaping the burning towers and apparently celebrating the destruction. Yeah, the funny thing about that is I work, well, you know where I work right now, at a nuclear power plant, and we do have, we do have foreign nationals that work there as engineers. And have been over here for years, but uh, I'm sure some of them were probably Islamic and stuff like that. Let's uh, Ghost Tactical has joined us, and uh, 201, these guys basically swore off the entire thing. He says, you know, they would be out talking to us, and they say, I don't know what these crazy people are doing. They don't represent what we believe. So. Even even some of the Islams that we had over here, even in the middle of Kansas, yes, we have them here. So, uh, Ghost, good morning. Hey, what's up? Just here for a few. I'm at work. I thought I'd jump in, say hi. Yeah, well, hello. Glad to have you. Do you have any remembrances or anything you'd like to say towards this as we remember 9-11? Uh, my 9-11 was a little bit different than everybody's, probably. My wife and daughter were in the air flying home from Japan. And I was supposed to pick them up at 1 o'clock that afternoon, and obviously that didn't happen. But uh, I spent 12 hours trying to figure out where they were because they got sent to Vancouver, but they weren't allowed to tell anyone where they sent all these flights. So I spent 12 hours not knowing where my wife and daughter were until they called me that night from Vancouver and they were there for about three days and finally made it home. But they were in the air um, when it happened. So that was kind of a strange thing. I woke up. I didn't know what was going on. I woke up that morning from her dad, my wife's father, calling from Japan saying, what's going on? New York's on fire. Now, his English is very, you know, uh, it's not his first language. All he said was, New York's on fire. And I'm like, what? He's like, New York's on fire. So I turned the TV on and I was like, what is going on? So that's how I woke up that day. So ironically, it's also my wife's sister's birthday. So it's kind of a weird day. Wow. Mm. Of course, being in this community for five years, I've had the opportunity to hear some other people's stories a number of times on this. But I think it's important that we remember and not assume that everybody's been here for all this time. So, right. Yeah, when 9/11 rolls around if I've got a show, we're going to we're going to talk about it a little bit because like I like I say it's important that we remember so we can remember what the nation was like, we remember how vulnerable we felt and I remember how we responded and we came together. Uh this nation has a capability of being very unified. I think we still have an American spirit within us 
that some people have buried deep within their souls and stuff like that, that uh, we need to keep alive in our children and in ourselves and remember that uh, no matter what our political beliefs or anything else, that we are Americans and uh, our forefathers would want us all to have the love and the the preservation that is part of being an American. Um, Sometimes it takes horrible things to wake that up in us, uh, to have us concentrate not on each other and our differences, but our, uh, our similarities, our shared heritage, and our belief in freedom, which is why we have a government like we do in the first place. Uh, why we have many of the good things we have, why we have a quote-unquote free country, and you can argue how free it is and how it could be better, and it definitely could be better. It's always been true. But this is a great nation, ladies and gentlemen. It was designed to be a great nation. It is a great nation. And uh, this is a tribute to all who lost their lives not necessarily defending the country, but uh, a lot of the people who responded, a lot of the people who paid tribute, people like Ghost, who devoted part of their lives to defending our country and stuff like that. I honor all of them. And uh, so... uh, Let's also remember, it's kind of a weird thing. We talk about this, but this is the 10th anniversary of the attack in Benghazi. That happened on 9-11-2012. So this is the 10th anniversary of the Benghazi debacle. So uh, remember that as well. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're right about that. You're right. Um, What else? Um, I was also going to bring up something, uh, Gizzard. Um, Right after 9-11, guess we're the first ones that actually went out to actually attack um, our attackers. You guys ever seen the movie uh, 12 Strong? I have it's a great movie, yeah. What about yeah. what, you, what was the question? Um, it, has anybody heard of the uh, the, the I forget what they were called? Basically, it was like their soldiers that are on horseback, U.S. Army soldiers. So yeah, they were. Uh, yeah. Now the movie will depict them as uh, seals. In reality, they were Green Berets. Yeah, they were Green Berets. Um, because the Green Berets' mission is to take an indigenous people and turn them into assets. And that's what they were there for. They wanted to get there and start the, the process of taking the local tribes and helping us with the, the fight. They knew it was coming. But, yeah, that's a great movie. But uh, that's, that's that's a real thing. You talk about the – they call them the horsemen. Um, and those guys were pretty badass. Another uh, facet here that I'd like to mention, we've had two major – situations in this country, 9-11 being one, the COVID pandemic being the second one. If it wasn't for the transportation industry in this country, a lot of those processes and supplies would never have made it to where they had to go. The FMCSA recognized that situation some of our rules with the logbooks were suspended 
as long as you had supplies that were earmarked for resupply, medical supplies, etc., they allowed us to run over our hours to get it there as long as it didn't end up being a serious impairment to the operation of the vehicles. So without the transportation industry, we would have had little or very little or none of the supplies that we needed. I just wanted to bring that to light because a lot of the times the truck drivers, truck in this trucking industry does not get the recognition that it deserves. Oh, I totally agree with you there. Now, uh, Gear Report Firearms is out there. It says, part two of the discussion, they who would give up an essential liberty for temporary security deserve neither liberty or security. A quote from Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin, correct. Yeah, yeah and, and I think this is important that a lot of people, uh, I, I think everything has been talked about so far, the bulk of it is... Uh, um, really important that it, it strikes me sometimes that my kids are, um, all were born after, uh, after this happened. So, uh, they really don't understand. And I, and I do appreciate, uh, uh, forums like this where people can get together and share, you know, what they were doing and what they were thinking and, and a bit about how the world was at the time. But I think that the second part of that discussion really needs to be, yeah, it was great how everyone came together, but everyone responds to fear differently. And this was an event that I don't care who you were at that time. I, I don't know anyone who didn't have some level of fear after this. It, I mean, it... it 100%. Right. Absolutely. So with, with that oh, yeah. came a lot of activities by people in our government that I think looking back, many of us would say, well, wait, wait a second. <laughs> we, do, do we really need to go that far? You know, um, I, or, I think one of the biggest atrocities uh, in American history is the Patriot Act. That came strictly right. from 9-11. Yes. Right. Under so the Bush I, administration. I, I think that, um, I think that, that, remembering is is good but it's kind of lost if it doesn't inform the actions that people take moving forward and we still have things from the patriot act that need to be fixed and i think that if we look at where we are today versus before that attack look at the scope of our government and how aggressive it was um with our own citizens and look at what it is today i think we're exponentially worse off today. And, and I think that that event did, did a lot to kind of set some of those wheels in motion. And there were politicians who took advantage of the raw emotions and fear that existed in the country to, right. to start that ball rolling. Yep. 
And, and I think that, you know, when I look at all of this, I, I love that it brought us all together. That's a nice touchy feely feel good thing. But beyond that, it caused some really negative things to come out of our society and, and our government specifically. And I think that when, when 9-11 rolls around to me, I want to scream from the rooftops to people. Don't forget that the lessons here aren't aren't necessarily just about, you know, bad people coming here and doing things to us and us coming together. It's about what happens when people get fearful and and how we need to protect our freedom moving forward. Because let's be honest here, part of this, it, it's terrible, but it's the price of freedom. You know, you want to live in a free society, you can never stop every attack from happening. So That's if right. we want to be free, yeah, it's going to happen again. It, you know, you to, it teaches you to be more mindful of yeah. your surroundings. It teaches you to always be on the alert. It, it broke trust. It uh, rose suspicion to certain folks. You know, I still have my suspicions when I see people. But I, I'm not going to lie. To this very I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge. I, I'm not going to judge either, but I'm not going to lie. Mm. This very right. day, every time I'm on an airplane, mm. I know where the people that look Middle Eastern are sitting every every second that I'm on the plane. That sounds bad, and that sounds racist. I get it. But talking about fear, that's part of the fear is for the longest time, I guarantee you within five years of the, of the attacks, and you honestly ask people that flew frequently – do they ever get nervous when they saw someone that even looked Middle Eastern walk on a plane? Would they get nervous? And I guarantee you, if they honest, honestly answer, they'd say yes. Yeah. And that's that's just the way of the world. I mean, everyone to this very day probably still is like, okay, I'm going to know where that guy is at all times. And that's just the reality, you know? Well, once that, tr- once that trust has been broken, there's always going to be that suspicion. You know, my, my daughter is engaged to a young man that's his last name is al Kadim. she's going to be an al Kadim eventually hmm. and people ask me like are you do you are you okay with that well first of all it's my daughter you can't choose who you fall in love with right but i guarantee you i've done a little bit of research on this kid damn right, right i have mm-hmm It's kind of hard to avoid. Uh, Clover Tech has joined us. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Clover. You got anything you'd like to share with us this morning regarding everything we've been talking about so far? I, I've told my story, I think, every year for, what, 21 years now? Um, yeah. But I had went, went into town for some reason, and stopped by my grandmother's house on the way back home that morning. And the first plane had just hit when I walked through the door. Uh, like, literally, like, seconds, right? Um, it had hit. And so I remember the newscasters and all freaking out. My grandmother's like, a plane just hit, you know, a skyscraper in New York City. And they were like, what went wrong, you know? Did it, you know, was there... You know, uh, was there problems with the plane? And, you know, and then while everybody was 
freaking out trying to figure that out and wondering, you know, right there live on TV was the second one. And then, you know, reports came in about the Pentagon, reports came in about, uh, you know, the other stuff. And they were like, we're under attack, you know. And I, and I remember that, that line is what was so freaky, right? Like, when have we ever heard that? Like, we're under attack. Nin- like, 1941. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah. whoa, you know, national, now, they always say this is a threat. That's a threat, right? We we, we hear that. We hear that all the time. We, we're used to that. But it's like, oh, the you know, Cold War, right? Oh, Cuba's a threat. Russia's a threat, whatever. We grew up with that. But never, we're under attack. And it's like, oh, it's like just a weight. And, and let me ask you this, is, is, and this is just my opinion. I think that's one of the reasons why they did do it on our soil because of our quote unquote arrogance to think that no one would ever do anything like that to us on our own soil. That's probably why that's probably had to be one of the reasons why they decided to do it on our own soil is to say, you know, you're not, you're not above this. Now I don't think they like the result of what happened next, but, um, what was it? It was a Hirohito in December of 41 that begged the Japanese not to attack Pearl Harbor because he, he knew that we were going to, what do you say? Don't, don't awake the sleeping giant. Yeah. I mean, behind it's just one of those every things, I don't know. blade of grass. Behind every blade of grass. Yeah. Yeah, it was a psychological play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, if they had the resources to pull off what they pulled off, right? The the scary thing is to think what what could they have pulled off that would have been even worse. You know what I mean? Oh, I guarantee uh, from, there a, was from a suitcase plan. from a suitcase yeah. nuke to whatever. You know what I mean? Um, well, it's something as simple as someone taking a vial of smallpox. Walking in right. a Grand Central Station in New York and dropping it on the ground. Yeah. You know, yeah. something as simple as that could have been devastating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, to Jeff's point about, you know, thinking about afterwards, you know, it's it's a sad thing because we're using the technology right now, right? But everything that was that – everything good – that come about from, you know, let me back up and not say everything, but the vast majority of all the good that came about after 9-11. So not just Jeff talks about, uh, you know, set on a shelf the bad, bad with the government overreach and and whatnot. But as far as society goes, right, with government out of the picture, society alone, every bit of that has been torn to shreds by social media. It's it's sad, but that's what that's what slowly eat away at, at what was built. I think I don't I don't think it was a people forgot, you know. I think it was a I think it was people, you know, they didn't actively forget, you know. Yeah. I think they got devices. Right. They moved on. They, they got, moved on and became comfortable again. Yeah, yeah. yeah they got they got. Well, social media, though, I think, did that because, you know, prior to 9-11, we didn't have, like you said, Ghost, your wife was in there. You had no clue what was going on, right? Uh, Many people, I mean, cell phones were a thing, but, you know, you didn't get up-to-the-minute instant information over the Internet. Cell phones, 
you know, may or may not work here or there, right? Coverage was far right. worse than it is today. You've got all of these different different things going on. You couldn't jump online and check flight logs or, or you know, things of that nature, right? right. And so that's what I'm saying. That technology advanced to the point where where we could have greatly sustained that feeling of community and camaraderie and in certain pockets like on this show and you know whatever it is it's it's still there but i'm talking about society at large the, the yeah. social media had a negative effect where it could have been something that amplified that sense of country and camaraderie and family and community and whatever it's created even more divisiveness now some may say that's a lot of that's by federal by government provocation that that's that's happening and i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily be able to disagree with that and that again plays back into what jeff was talking about well i think social media has been a very effective tool that there are two major parties have used to they, they've really weaponized it to to really stoke a kind of tribalism that it's it's really one of these kind of self-sustaining you know like a like a fission reaction type thing where as long as both parties keep weaponizing their tribes against each other to say it doesn't matter what we do we have to you have to vote for us to prevent the evil other side from getting power as long as that continues you, you can't vote for anyone else because that will dilute the war against that evil other party you know, so we can't have a third party get in there. I, I think that um, it's, it's social media, it's it's uh, it's a tool. It, it's people have actively used it to divide us. And I think an event that, that brings us together is great. But I, I very firmly believe that, that our two major parties have figured out that their best chance of staying in power is to divide and conquer. And, and, and they willingly play a game of trading punches to keep people focused on them and preventing the evil other party from getting in control. So absolutely past that. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think anything is, is really going to help us, but that, but that's how you win elections is you go to people that have had hard times in their lives and you point and you give them a picture and you tell them who's to blame for it. And it's the other party, of course, obviously. And, and that's where it is. And I think that the divisiveness, remember, they're called terrorists. They're there to cause terror. And terror doesn't necessarily mean fear. It means disorganization. It means the tribalism comes out. They've done, they, they honestly, it sounds bad, but I think that they did exactly what they wanted to do. They sent us into chaos and that's exactly what they wanted was to send our country into chaos. And, and we allowed that to happen. We continue to allow that to happen with the way that our political structure is right now is like you said, Jeff, it's, 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 we've forgotten who we are as a people. We forget that we're Americans. Now we're either Democrats or Republicans or conservatives or liberals. And we've forgotten that we're all Americans. But that's exactly how the two parties want. They want you to point the other finger. They want everything that's bad in your life. They want you to blame the other guy for instead of saying, you know what? Maybe this is partly my fault. 
that I've allowed myself to get in this position, we've allowed our country to get in this position, is our own fault, and we're the root of the evil, instead of saying, you know what? If we ever stood up and said no more, they, they, they like you said, Jeff, the, the government doesn't want the people to rise up and say no more. They don't want that. That's why they continuously will throw smoke out there. They will blame the other party because they want us to fight. Like I said, the best part of 9-11 attacks is what our country was for the month after that. I've In my lifetime, I've never seen a more unified country. You never, you yeah. didn't see race. You didn't see color. You didn't see religion. You didn't see political parties. It was one flag, one heartbeat, and we've lost complete touch of that by now. Let's see. Misha. Misha says, the month after 9-11, we absolutely saw race and religion. The only difference was it was at our common enemy. Uh, Sam of Anarchy says, let's take a moment to remember the 415 first responders who lost their lives in New York. One of the uh, greatest female leaders in the history of the world died a few days ago. And make no mistake about it, Queen Elizabeth took England into modern politics. She was the monarch that allowed the prime minister to hold the power of the people. So that's leading. And, 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 and like you said, all you never use the word all. At least I would never use the word all. But yes, one of the greatest women leaders this world has ever known died a few days ago. So let's remember that as well. Sometimes, sometimes people lead by getting out of the way. Because they recognize because they recognize somebody else is in a better position and can do a better job. And so that's an element of, of leadership. Somebody, some people call that delegation. They say, well, you delegate things, right? Um, that's a, that's a leadership tool. If you, if you know that, you know, the overall cause there's somebody there within your circle that can do a better job and you allow them to do that job. You know? I will tell you this. You cannot about? lead. You cannot lead if you don't know how to follow first you can't do it uh razor jb says a leader doesn't set out to be a leader it isn't an appointment position by virtue of its characteristics people will follow a leader whoever that is and whatever position they have and i know we're going to have dissent and probably if we get into an extended discussion about Queen Elizabeth II, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings out there, pe- people from certain viewpoints have views on Queen Elizabeth, and I understand that. All I know is the little bit I've known about her, what I've read about her, this is a, a young lady who joined the British military, even though she didn't have to, broke tradition and served as a medic And because uh, she wanted to do that. She didn't want to have the, the appointments that, you know, the, the excuses for not doing so. So she started a tradition in that matter. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for that. Now I'm going to kind of back out of it at this point because I don't know the politics and I, I'm not going to say good or bad because I don't know. 
Uh, there's there's just so much in that, and it depends on what nation you're from and what your background is and everything like that. Uh, Warsaw says, I remember this quote from the movie Eagle Eye, 2008, that sometimes the very measures we put into place to safeguard our liberty become threats to liberty itself. Um, that would be true, definitely, in reference to the Patriot Act and stuff like that. Uh, so I think you also, not only the Patriot Act, but with the Patriot Act, the ripple effect of the Patriot Act, the vast majority of the Patriot Act is no longer, okay? But the ripple effect of what the Patriot Act brought, and someone, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes ago asked something about the three-letter agencies. We trust that, well, of course, no one's going to trust the three-letter agencies to prevent anything, but understand that the Patriot Act gave three-letter agencies and created new three-letter agencies on top of that, but gave three-letter agencies almost full reign um, to do whatever they wanted to. Um, So some of the measures that we talk about today that we hate with the government is due to the result of the 9-11 attack. And the, the Patriot Act was a big part of that because it opened the floodgates for bureaucracy, and that's the problem. Now, going back into what we were talking about, leaders, just one second, is a, is a great quote that I've always used. If you have to tell someone you're a leader, or you have to tell someone that you're this, or you have to tell someone that you're that, then you're not. That's just the way of the world. Uh, like you said, a leader, a leader is just someone that people feel like they need to follow for whatever reason they come up with. Um, Evil doesn't know anything. One of the best leaders the world's ever seen was in Germany. Just be (laughs) honest about it. He was evil as hell, but he's one of the best leaders this world has ever seen. Well, Um, people followed him because he he inspired something in that, in the people. And that's what leaders do is they, they inspire people to want to do something that they normally wouldn't do on their own. Yeah, and there's, you know, one of the things that, you know, when we talk about 9-11, you talk about the Patriot Act, you talk about, you know, more modern times, like, you know, something happens and it's like, we got to, we got to act now. Um, And things happen, especially when you, when you look at, you look back at at the banning of bump stocks, right? Um, It's, I'm always very leery. And, and as long as it, here's the thing, there's people out there that, as long as their side gets the gains, right, they're for something. And it can be the exact same thing that they're railing against two years prior or two years later because the other side is to gain now. And, like, now they don't like it. We see that flip-flop all the time, right? And so this is why I always say that it's it's very dangerous to start opening doors without – really considering the ramifications of what happens when I opened it. Once I, once I ring this bell, this is something my grandfather used to say, you can't unring a bell. Like Once you do this, you realize that everybody is going to have, what's, what's the word? You know, the ability that maybe it's not, maybe it's not even an ability. Maybe it's just that thought, right? You're the first one to do this. And, if you go through that door, that door's open for the next person. Whoever that person might be, that door is whether you've built a new technology 
that can save the world, let's point to something like Elon Musk, right? You've opened that door. Now, the next person that follows you through that door and does the same thing, what are their intentions with whatever that might be? Whether it's an invention, whether it's legislation, whether you know, whatever it might be, right? And so I don't think people stop and think long and hard about, okay, if I, if I ring this bell, if I open this door, what happens afterwards? Do you think this, there's this, I don't want to go way off track, Gary. I apologize, but this just popped in my head. Not being very smart, I have to kind of say it before I lose it. Um, do you think, Clover, that had the guys in the Manhattan Project that created the atomic slash and developed a nuclear bomb, do you think the world would be different had they thought about if we do this, then everyone can do this? Would our world, what would our world be like now if the nuclear bomb was never developed? That would be an interesting conversation to think about. It's hard to say. I mean, one would think that another country would have came up with it, and then we would have had to follow Probably. through that door, right? Probably, yeah. I think, uh, and I would have to find it somewhere, but I believe... Albert Einstein did write a letter of warning or something like that about, you know, what this might lead to. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know that he was against it. I don't know. I'm sure he wrote a letter or published something. But I know that he was uh, very publicly against the idea of nuclear technology. Yeah. I so think I, think I don't. I don't know this. I know Gizzard. Matt Gizzard may, but. Which came first, like nuclear, the the use of nuclear for power or the weaponized thing? I would have to look into that to be honest with you. That's I don't know. Question. I don't know the answer of it. I I would assume it was the, I would assume it was the power side of things, not the weapon side. Well, of things. But all too often, but all too often, things happen on the mil- militaristic weapon side that then spills over into. You know, yeah, it'd be interesting to know when the actual splitting of the atom and all of that happened. Um, yeah, that, that, that that's actually an interesting, interesting question. I, don't, I never thought about that, but that would be interesting to find out. So, uh, reading from this, uh, this uh, page from CarnegieEndowment.org. It says, 66 years ago this month, Albert Einstein sent an urgent letter to President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It may become possible, he warned, to set up a nuclear chain reaction in a large mass of uranium by which vast amounts of power and large quantities of new radium-like elements would be generated. Now it appears almost certain that this could be achieved in the immediate future. The military consequences were obvious. This new phenomenon would also lead to the construction of bombs, and it is conceivable, though much less certain, that extremely powerful bombs of a new type may thus be constructed. A single bomb of this type carried by boat and exploded in a port might very well destroy the whole port together with some of the surrounding territory. Worse, the Nazis might already be hard at work on just such a project. I understand that Germany has actually stopped the sale of uranium from the Czechoslovakian mines, which she has taken over, 
I wish I could find the rest of this, but the link, unfortunately, which led to the rest of it, although there is a letter here. And uh, well, hindsight will tell us that anytime someone like it, Einstein opened his mouth on a subject, we probably should have listened back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Like hindsight tells us that now. Back then, yeah, he was still Albert Einstein, but you know, we're talking 80 years later. Yeah, we probably should have been a, a little bit more aware of what was going on. If Einstein's saying, hey, this might not be a good thing, we, we trust Einstein now, but I wish we would have listened to him a little bit more. And, and, and the deterrent of nuclear bombs has helped the war in, in the world. I mean, let's be honest. The idea of dropping a nuclear bomb has been a deterrent of some wars. Right. So it has become a positive thing as well. Um, and, 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 and had the nuclear bomb not been what was developed back then, there would have been like either someone would have figured it out later or they would have come up with something else. I mean, there would have been another deterrent um, eventually brought up in technology and all that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the fact that, you know, shit, Einstein's in there telling you this is probably going to happen. You probably should have listened a little bit closer. So I did a little bit of homework. So the whole nuclear, the idea of nuclear power, um, you know, splitting the atom, you know, fission, whatever, um, has been around since the late 1800s. And the whole bomb thing, apparently, only from, you know, the late 30s, you know, basically the Manhattan Project, right? And then the first nuclear power plant went online in 51. So that's not too far away, right? So that could have been under construction. Obviously, it takes longer, I would think, anyway. It takes longer to build a power plant than it does a bomb, you would think, especially back that that long ago, right? So it's a pretty close, seems like it's a pretty close race. They're right there pretty close together. It's not something where one came way before the other, I don't think. Well, let's say it was 15 years. Let's just use a number, a round number. 15 years from the idea of the Manhattan Project or the, the nuclear bomb into the first nuclear power plant. Yeah. That's that's pretty quick in terms of a volatile energy source like nuclear is. Right. To be able to test it, contain it as best as they could have back in the day with the technology they had. Right. Yeah. Um, that that's a quick turnaround. Not really any containment when it comes to a bomb, you know. This is true. I think I do think it's pretty admirable and I can remember because we have at our plant we have a training center which is named the Dwight D Eisenhower Learning Center and uh, there is a uh, there's a plaque with Eisenhower's Adams Force, Adams for Peace speech that he gave. And I think it's admirable that we have taken and captured something that was used for destruction and inherently have been able to do good with it to where we took that, that thing which was used for evil and we have harnessed it 
and are able to generate energy for the common good for everybody for that. So, uh, yeah. And, and for a large part, well, except for testing since 1945, nobody has used a nuclear bomb, you know, as a, as a tool of war. It's so been, let me ask you this: Do you think that you 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 live in that world, that nuclear world? I mean, that's what you, that's you live in that world. You work at a, a place every day. So, do you think Truman was a hero or evil for dropping the atomic bombs in in, in Japan? That's a tough one. I do know that my dad, who served in World War II was had just finished with the European conflict and he said they were basically back stateside uh, just waiting because they were told they were going to be shipped over to Japan to fight and that would have been terrible yeah how many lives would have been lost by an eventual uh, military assault on Japan and that's what would have happened um, you know, to this day, Douglas MacArthur is revered in Japan. To this day, um, he was in charge of the reconstruction, if you will, of Japan after the war. And a lot of people will talk about what he did as a military leader and general making, being arrogant and all of that. But to this very day, the Japanese people revered Douglas MacArthur because he had empathy. He did not treat them as POWs. He did not treat them as an evil country of, of, of savages. He treated them decently and told them, you know, there is a way out of this. There is a way to prove, reprove yourself as a country, as a valued member of this world. And to this very day, Douglas MacArthur is very revered in Japan, which is kind of ironic because a lot of people in America don't like MacArthur anymore. And how did they do it? Well, they did it by basically giving up every bit of military ways they had and instead concentrating on being some of the best producers, uh, technological advances, uh, producers of um, electronics, as you will, and stuff like that, advancing the world, uh, now, and, and, and it does help. It does help when you don't have a defense budget to have to pay every year, when you can yes. focus on yes. developing different things, when you're not having to spend billions of dollars every year on defense. It does help that. Just, you know. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, they were forced into it. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely, they were. were. Forced into it by a neutrality treaty, but... uh, But they took advantage of it. Yes, they did. And the world is better because of it. Now, uh, arguing whether or not that it was evil to drop the nuclear bomb, I think Truman was forced into that decision because he wanted to bring a... He wanted to bring an end to World War II once and for all. He yeah. could see this conflict going on for months, perhaps years to come. Uh, this nation was pretty weary of war by that point. Uh, 
it was costing us a lot of money. It was costing us a lot of lives. I think the uh, stomach of the American people for losing lives was, you know, quickly. They they wanted to be done with it. We wanted to be done with it. Mm-hmm. And these people were not going to give up easily. Uh, I wouldn't want to be in that position. Uh it had to have been a tough decision to make. I've read a little bit about the agony he had to go through to make that decision in the end. Yep. And uh, definitely not an easy thing to do. Now, just to shift gears a little bit, and this is just me thinking out loud, but I have a question for you. If we were talking about Pearl Harbor earlier, if Pearl Harbor had not happened, if we had not been attacked by the forces of Japan and had our Navy practically decimated because we had them all in one spot, foolishly, if that had not happened, I would postulate that perhaps Hitler might have been successful because we were... Yeah. There was an awful lot of pressure in the United States Congress to stay out of World War II. And let happen what was going to happen over there. Yeah, we would have been spread really thin. I, I think we do get in the war maybe a couple years later, which then at that time, is it too late? I mean, who knows the, 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 how history would play out. I do think we do get in the war eventually. I think we almost had to, regardless of what the sentiment was. Um, but let's also remember, America was not a quote-unquote superpower prior to that. By any means, no one feared really America, uh, militarily speaking. Uh, World War II made us a superpower, and regardless if we if we think that the idea of the atomic bomb was right or wrong, <clears throat> it put us on the map where people feared us for the first time, um, and, and and that's carried on to today. Um, you know, I, I, I as much as a bomb is scary and can kill hundreds of thousands or millions of people at, in, a, in a blink of an eye. The fact that he had and he used it showed the world we're here, we're on the world stage at this point. Don't mess with us again. And yes, people continue to mess with us and they will always continue to mess with us. But it goes back to being attacked is one thing, but I don't suspect anyone's going to have the courage to honestly a full-out scale war on our soil. I think the fact that we have the bomb is still the greatest deterrent of true war on our own soil that we'll ever have. And the fact that uh, it's a whole mutually assured destruction thing, right? Even the other countries that have absolutely, absolutely, you know. Nobody, this is, nobody wants to do this. This is crazy. Um, I was going to say, you know, when you're talking about Japan, one of the things with the, the advancements over there, and you, you put out a poll, Ghost, recently about visiting other countries. And Japan would really be at the top of the list just because of the westernization or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that It's like they ramped that up to 11 or something. It's, it's crazy. And it's, it's, it is and and but it's I think that you got to look at the scope 
and, and obviously, Ghost, you're more uh, in line with this than me. But when I look at Japan, one of the things I think about their the advancements and everything, whether it's tech or whatever it is, I think a lot of it might be by necessity. Because if you look at Japan, it's a little smaller than California, if I'm correct, with about four times the population. So it's like when you've got a, a and we see that in big cities, right? Here, you've got big cities. And I mean, like we go to Vegas, for example, they got all night tire shops in Vegas. And we're they, like, I would never fathom that here where I live, right? And so that many people kind of crunch together in such a small area, maybe that. I don't want to say provoke, but you get it what I'm saying. That fostered a need to, look, we got to find better ways, more efficient ways, that sort of thing of, of, of doing stuff, which ultimately helped that society get to where it is today. Yeah. The, the, the beautiful thing about Japan is obviously, like you said, they have bought in and, and led the technological revolution. It's a country based on modernization that still holds thousands of years old traditions sacred to them. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see people that are as technologically advanced and modern in every, in every way of their life. And they still worry about 3000 year old traditions that they've had. It's a beautiful thing. I love Japan. I, I love living there. I'd live there today if I could. Um, it's a beautiful place, beautiful people. And talking about a culture, it's one of the best cultures you'll ever find in the world. So, uh, the gun snob has returned to join us. I saw Pat in a bunker is out there. I know a bunch of people have popped in here that I haven't had a chance to say hello to. Uh, let me just give a blanket welcome to all out there. We have 30 people out there. Uh, now, Rob D says the best thing about Japan is 90s Hondas. <laughs> Jeff says uh, my favorite part of Japan is feeling like a giant. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I would to, love to, I have to imagine because I don't, I don't know what that feels like. So I have to imagine. <clears throat> Permission to speak uh, on part of this conversation? Sure. You guys are talking about uh, nuclear warfare. Um, I'm not worried about a missile getting fired off by any trusted means by any country right now. However, um, what's going on in Ukraine, I don't know if you guys have been hearing, but in Kherson, Ukraine, which is in eastern Ukraine, Russia's actually uh, um, hijacked and occupied a uh, nuclear plant, and it's actually one of the biggest plants out there. It's seven times bigger than the one in Chernobyl. And um, if one of those missiles from either Russia or Ukraine hits it, passing nuclear fallout over the world, we're dead. Well, that's certainly a somber comment. <laughs> I mean, I don't care about a missile going off. I'm worried about fallout also spreading. That's something you don't want to be engulfing. Now, I don't know. I don't know about foreign plants. I can't speak to those. I know those in the United States are designed to survive a direct <clears throat> missile strike, at least upon the reactor itself. I mean, it's, uh, already, it's already taken a few hits, Gary. Right. Uh, but uh, I certainly hope that's something that doesn't happen. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, 
And um, as far as nuclear war is concerned, I mean, I've thought about, like, what if it actually did happen? I actually uh, came across a movie on Netflix a while back. It's called The Sum of All Fears by Tom Clancy. Mm-hmm. And it's actually not that difficult to trick one nation to fight another, actually. Um, if you watch the movie, basically some small individuals in other countries were actually tricking the United States to go to war with Russia, and Russia retaliated. Well, the fact that it hasn't happened uh, might be testament to the fact that it's a little more difficult than you might think. Yep. Yeah. I think the next the, the next war will be done through the internet. I really think that hackers have yeah. hackers have a easier way to destroy a country than bombs do at this point. You're talking about yeah. cyber warfare? hundred percent. All you that's have where, to do here for, for mass hysteria and for, for the United States people to eat their own, you would just have to shut the internet down for a week. Literally, that's, that's all you would have to do. Shut the internet down, and before you did that, shut down the energy grids, and then oh, shut the internet down, and you're done. I don't think you got I don't think you even got to do the energy grids. I think if you just do the internet, it, it would do it. But yeah, you're totally right. It'd be mass pandemonium I see if, if you shut down both. You know, um, Ghost, what's your thoughts on the nuclear croissant situation? I mean, you think that could actually go off one of these days? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm outside. I didn't hear what you said. What did you say again? What's your thoughts on the Kherson uh, uh, Ukraine plant being hijacked by the uh, Russians? I mean, you think that could actually go off if it keeps getting hit? I think that it's a power play. I mean, this whole thing, this whole thing with Russia and Ukraine is a Russian power play. It's all it is. Once again... The nuclear threat has been there since the 40s, and no one's used it yet. Really, I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't see nuclear as a threat. I really don't. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm naive. I don't see nuclear as a threat. I think that it's much. There are much easier ways to destroy a country, either financially or with mass hysteria. There's much easier ways than dropping a bomb these days. I just. I think it's a power play is all it is. I think this whole thing is a power play from Putin. Well, so, even yeah. with even with Japan, right, back in the day, it was done with much deliberation, very strategically, and with a very specific outcome in mind. You know what I mean? It wasn't really nearly by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, they're not going to carpet bomb somebody, you know. Well, just the nuclear fallout idea, that's kind of worrisome just if it did happen to say. Well, I mean, I think everyone since the nuclear bomb became of age, everyone in the world is worried about nuclear fallout. But I think that, that worrisome is what's kept it from happening also, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not because one time, because let's not forget, it's not just us versus Russia or whatever. It's a whole damn country, world. Every country in this world is bind by treaties with other countries. So the second that one leaves... The whole world is at war. Yep. The whole world is, is, is bound by treaties with other countries. So if something happens to one country, there's 11 other countries that have to react. And if a nuclear warhead is used, the world as we know it, the entire world as we know it, is different. And we, have, we have, per landmass, we have the best nuclear defense system on the planet. And there's no way we can shoot them all down. Not a chance. 
Not a chance. I've seen that there's a, I don't know if it's the infographic show channel or what it was, but it talked about that and it did the math and laid it all out. And it's like, even with a 100% hit rate with our nuclear deterrence here, it's like, it, it doesn't get all of them. Can't. Do you guys, do you guys remember a few years back when North Korea, someone mentioned North Korea up there a few years back, North Korea uh, tested a missile off the coast of Taiwan do you remember the mass hysteria that happened for a month after that? Because the thought of a, a nuclear North Korea testing a, a missile that could... Now, that missile they tested wasn't going to reach America, but where could it reach? It could reach Japan, which we have a very large military contingency in Japan. It could reach a lot of places. Once again, a, nor a nuclear North Korea, I'm not worried about Russia. I if I'm worried about nuclear fallout, the one country in this world is two countries in this world: a nuclear Pakistan and a nuclear North Korea. Those are the two that could change the tide of this world. Yep. You don't think Iran is a is one of them? No, Iran's a high threat in my book. It's a high threat, but. I, 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 I see Pakistan being more willing to use it. I think Iran could develop it and, and have the capabilities, but I think Pakistan would be willing to use it quicker than Iran would. That's just me. Iran's not definitely, I mean, Iran's definitely a threat, but for me, I, I, I worry about is North Korea and Pakistan because I think that they are both led by people that would have zero problem using it for their game. Zero. Like, no problem whatsoever using it. Now, Kingpin's got a good point. He says, most bad guys want a world worth taking over. Nukes wreck too much stuff. That's true. That's true. What's the point of world domination if there's not yeah, a world domination? Who, who are you going to rule? Who are you right. going to rule? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of gets into something I was going to say earlier. We've opened the door uh, to it. But when we were talking earlier about, you know, how you know the United States became a superpower and it's like, hey, don't, you know, don't mess with the, uh, you know, the United States and the whole behind every blade of grass thing. And, you know, all, you, we hear all of this. Anybody else... Do you think that the general international populace, we're not talking about military leaders and governments, but the general populace, does anybody get a sense that they feel that way? Because, and, and the reason I ask this question is because I get comments pretty regular in videos that are from obvious foreign people. And they're, and they're not bad comments or anything, but they're like, Americans are crazy with your guns. Oh my, you know, what in the world, you know, type thing, right? Like it, it blows their mind that, you know, we do such simple things as go out to the range and, and shoot targets. And so I'm wondering if it's a, if it's not just a, a military thing, but like that's being fed to their people. I mean, like it's trickling down to them as well. Like don't screw around with America. They'll mess you up. I, I, I don't know the user. My, my take on that is I think that people 
don't like us. That, that That's obvious. People hate us for many, many different reasons in this world. I truly believe that, how do I put this? Foreign governments, like actual governments, will not mess with it. They fear us. Now, remember the people that have attacked us in the last 25, 30 years have not been governments. They have been groups of people. I still think that as a whole, the world fears what we have the potential to be. The world knows that we have enough firepower in our arsenal to end the entire world if we want to. And that is a deterrent in itself. I think that governments fear us, but I don't think the problem is, is not governments. It's we have to worry about Al Qaeda, ISIS, all of these groups of people that are not necessarily governments. They are sects of people that I don't know. I I still think they fear us, but they're not, they know they're not going to be around to see the repercussions of it. Uh, But I, I truly believe that the world still fears what we're capable of. For sure. And I might be completely wrong. I don't know. That's just my take. So the gun snob says, I am currently making my plans for world domination. You can refer to me as Snob the Great. Wow. I did not know that about him. Well, one thing's for sure. In a world dominated by the gun snob, Mexican food would suck. <laughs> now, uh, gear report and, and the, na- says, the national firearm would be the Altor. Gear report firearm says U.S. is a superpower because Texas is part of the U.S. That's that's fair. I think it is. It was partially a nod, it was a nod to Clovertac, but also, <laughs> I, I physically reside in North Carolina, but my spirit lives in texas you do you got a very texas and that's and that's good enough that's that's good enough jeff i you know that's that's good enough can you picture jeff in a cowboy hat yes he'd look a whole lot better in a cowboy hat that's all i gotta say he'd look better than that uh airsoft helmet he was wearing the other night well yeah that's true i think you should wear a cowboy hat on your next show jeff I want to see it. I I need a cowboy hat. If someone wants to send me a cowboy hat, I literally do not have. I don't think there's a cowboy hat in my house. We need to make that. We need to make that happen. <laughs> now uh, let's welcome aboard our leader, Snob the Great, is going to join us here. Good morning, Your Grace. Speak. Oh, great one. Unmute thy mic. Really, Jeff? Really? Texans already think they're somebody special, and now you go in there and say this? <laughs> I couldn't hey, let that slide. He, 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 know, he knows what battles to fight and which ones you not know, to fight. You know full well in your plan for world domination, Texas was have to be your capital. You know that. Just admit it, Snob. Just admit it. I was just going to take over Texas first with the Altor and the, and the new world and the new world Marine Corps <laughs> would have to have Altor as their official sidearm. I agree with that. 
Jesus. Now we're now we're going just crazy talk. <laughs> so now we got Ozzy out there saying, "I will be the gun snob's right hand man." Uh, I'm gonna probably be. I, I, you know, we've all met. Most of us have met Ozzy. I would say he'd be mini me, but he's not necessarily mini me. He's a he's a big dude. Yeah, yeah. But the good news is he'll make me cool holsters for the outdoor. I'm still waiting on my Altor holster from Ozzy. I'm just you saying. make your well, own holster. Thing. Why would he waste good leather on an Altor holster? Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> because it's I'll, cheap. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get you an Uncle Mike. That's about yeah. the, the extent of a holster. I'll get you. Well, see the Altor. He didn't even. It's cheaper to buy the actual gun than the blue gun to make it off of. Well, this is true. So Artak and daughter says, "Make Mexican food great again." There you go. <laughs> it is great, just not in Tulsa. Uh-huh. Don't go to whatever yeah. that place in Houston was. Now, Gunpowder Beauty says, "I'll go back to Texas to fight off the snob taking over." <laughs> oh, wow! Uh, Kingpin says, "Snob doesn't have to take over. Smart, loving, caring people want snob in charge." See, see. I'd like to note that Kingpin and I don't disagree on everything. <laughs> That's true. I think he's he's finally coming around. <laughs> so, Snob, who is going to be your head of propaganda? Oh, man. That's, a, that's an important... For you, that would be an incredibly important position. Jeff could be a pretty good candidate for that. Jeff could do it. Jeff could do it. Because we know who your food and beverage uh, director is going to be. Is you know TJ's got that locked down. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I should just I just have to take over gear report first. Gear dash report first. Well, here's the thing: if you make Jeff your director of propaganda, he'll give you gear report. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'll pay better than gear report, you know. Sold. <laughs> was, I know the way to Jeff's that heart was quick, wasn't it? That's the quickest response he's ever had. Sold. <laughs> now Clint Torres says Texas would be awesome if it weren't for all of the Texans. Exactly, Clint. Exactly. <laughs> and that's how we like it. But uh, here's the thing: Do I? Am I still able? I need to talk to my my Texas brethren. Am I still able to be claimed claimed to be a Texan when I've lived in Arkansas longer yes. than I lived in Texas? Yes. Okay, no, any so yeah. state other than Arkansas. You yeah. screwed up when it was Arkansas. Yeah. Well, and you know. to go up if you refer to it as AR Kansas. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we, are we are. We are the tactical Kansas. So I mean, there's that. And, and we border Texas, so that, that's got to count for something, right? Like, we're just like northeast Northeast Texas is really where we are. Yeah, but y'all border the bad part of Texas. Well, that's fair. That's where Clover lives. That you also border direction. Oklahoma that's, that's true. and Missouri, too. Let's not forget. You got those people filtering over. <laughs> Kingpin says, I ate at a Texas Longhorn one time. Does that count? No, it is not like staying at a Holiday Inn. That does not count. <laughs> How about if I lived in Texas and at one time possessed a valid Texas driver's license? Does that make me an honorary Texas? Well, I ate Belgian waffles, but I'm not going to carry a Belgian, you know, what do you call it? Uh, oh, shit, the joke on now. 
<laughs> Pass That's an excellent joke, Ghost. Jesus Christ, I'm bad. Sorry. Yes. I'm, I'm not very smart. <laughs> I lived in Texas, but I I hate to tell you where I lived in Texas because you probably wouldn't claim me at that point because I actually lived in Austin. So Austin 25 years ago was awesome. Not so much. Anymore. Yeah, this was in 1979. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, you were oh, still yeah. back in Austin. Was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Six oh. feet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, I do own some Texas Longhorn paraphernalia and stuff. I know all the words to the Eyes of Texas and all that. I can play that game. That's so, the beautiful thing about Texas is you you've got every type of land demographic. You've got woods you've got mountains you've got hills you've got desert you've got swamp you've got beach right it's like it's everything it's like all in one it's like a swiss army knife without the swiss yeah it does nothing great but does everything that's right and it's a i can tell you from my two trips with snob to vegas texas is a pretty easy state to get into but it takes forever to get out of it (laughs) You don't even know the half of that. Good Lord. <laughs> now, Clint, our motto in Texas and Arkansas is is Arkansas. Our family trees go straight up. <laughs> Let's see. G23 says, I was in Texas in the summer of 88 for a week before I went to Louisiana for the summer as a kid. Kingpin says, the stars at night. Oh, boy. Sing the rest of it. <laughs> are big and bright deep in the heart of Texas. Oh, and to be fair, nobody wants to be in Texas in the summer, so there's that. No, my sister is getting ready to start wintering in Texas. She's actually moving to San Antonio in October. And going to San Antonio is one of the greatest cities in America that people have no idea. It's just a great city. Oh, I love San Antonio. I do I've like got, San Antonio. Much I've got lots of family that live in and around there. I've always enjoyed the area. And she's invited me to come visit. And uh, knocking on wood, which there's no wood near me, but I'm going to pretend to knock on wood here. If I can. Man, you can knock on my head if you like. If I can get, that'll work. If I can get myself, my intentions are to retire from my job by the end of this year. And uh, then I'll be free to travel. And I've already been invited to come visit. So uh, I thought maybe you were going to start wintering in Texas also. Maybe. Never know. I've got freedom to go wherever I want to once that happens. Do chickens fly south for the winter? I don't know. Do they? This one does. Um, that one drives. <laughs> I'll drive. I got a Jeep. I can go anywhere. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what. Let's see. Clint Torres says if a couple in Arkansas get divorced, are they still cousins? That's a good question. They're 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 brother cousins. So Rob D said so. Blood related. So yeah. So, so Ghost had to get his dates before their brothers did. Wow. Well, here's the thing about being the good thing about being an only child is I didn't have to fight off them. You know, I I, I had my pick of the litter. Now looky here. Santi TV is out there in the audience. Says, Hey Gizzard Gary, hey panel, hey y'all. 
I'm enjoying the Texas talk as I drive around in Texas. Well, yep. good to see you out there, Santee. The part of Texas she's from, I don't care if I ever go back to. That's the thing. I mean, I love Santee, but Houston, uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's okay. Like on the, there's there's certain parts of it that are all right. You know, you get up and around. The woodland, woodlands area. There's certain parts of there. Afghanistan are nice too, but I'm not going to vacation there. <laughs> G23 says that thing you have isn't a Jeep. It most certainly is a Jeep. It says Jeep right on it. <laughs> You've even got a duck, don't you? I've got a duck. Yes, I do. That yeah, it's a, that it's proves official. it's legitimate, man. Yeah, it's official then. So it like it. and it's a, from. Uh, it's from Bucky's. It's does, Bucky's. Does the, poultry, does the Poultry Federation get uh you know with you get a get upset with you driving around a duck vehicle instead of a chicken vehicle? They haven't said a thing. So if Jeeps get a duck, what vehicle gets a chicken? Is what I'm wondering. That would be the Pinto. Jeff's serenading us over there. Oh sorry, I thought I was muted. I, but I am. You guys, you we were talking about Houston. I was playing a guitar that I bought in Houston last year. So sing us some Larry Gatlin and the Gatlin brothers if you're going to do Houston. Um, I, I do a little Mark Chestnut because he was from just Beaumont. outside of Houston, Beaumont. I, I actually was trying to do the the um, the Texas one, you know, um, but I'm not that good. Of oh, that it. one. Yeah. <laughs> the stars at night. That one. But yeah. You did the one. Yellow Rose of Texas. Yeah. So Ozzy says we have a family Texas thing going on. My brother's name is Dallas, and my son's name is Tyler. Hey. Needs to be in Austin in there somewhere, and you'd have it made, man. There is a town, I think it's between, and Clover, you might be able to remember, but I think it's between Austin and Waco. And the, the town was called Troy, Texas. During the 90s, they officially changed the name to Troy Aikman, Texas. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> That reminds me of several years ago. I don't remember the exact year, but Nintendo was releasing a Pokemon game. And uh, they chose to introduce it in the city of Topeka, Kansas. And so they passed a resolution temporarily for the day they changed the name of Topeka to Topekachu. Wow. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and everyone, there's a mass exodus for 24 hours. Yeah. Let's see. Bernie says, hey, I have a Jeep Compass, and it gets me in and out of the ranch, G23. That's right. Don't you be hating on the Jeeps. Uh, Artak and Daughter says, you don't have a Jeep unless it has a death wobble. Well, Snobby's 
got a Jeep in his family. He's kind of the one who steered me towards a Jeep in the first place, kind of, sort of. I don't even like that thing. It's too small for me. You drive it all the time. I don't. She you drives. Do I didn't ride in it. Last time I rode with you was in that Jeep. Well, I drive it every now and then. Here in Kansas. Here in Kansas, no less. Yeah, because it's a good gas launch. Yeah. Way better than my truck. That's the only reason I ever drive it. Yeah, it's not a bad vehicle. No. It's not for someone who's short like you. Everybody's what, what are you saying, bro? Like, oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm outnumbered in this chat. I was going to say, you're on the I don't know how tall single shot is, but it's me and Jeff against the rest of the panel. Cars, I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're per capita the shortest panel in the history of YouTube. We will take you out by the knees, man. <laughs> He's just jealous he can't repel from his own vehicles. I'm just saying. That's right. That's right. Block 9 says, all my exes live in Texas. George Strait lives down by New Braunfels. I've been there. George Strait owns a mountain. Literally owns a mountain that he lives on. Literally owns a mountain. It's pretty cool. Hey, you want to talk about some good Mexican food down there around the San Antonio area? Oh, man. It's not Oklahoma, that's for sure. Uh, of course, well, I hear well, this. Well, to be fair, nothing really is like Tulsa Mexican food. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying nothing else is like it. Well, I have heard somebody told me once that there is no good Mexican food in the state of Oklahoma. You got that right. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember who told me that. (laughs) It was a leprechaun, I believe, told me. Speaking of leprechauns, I was actually going to take a picture with a leprechaun and send it to somebody on the panel, and then I forgot. Because we went to Bennigan's one day, and there was oh, a leprechaun nice. in there. Nice. Those are my peeps. Yeah. <laughs> I was so excited when I saw Bennigan's in Florida, because ours closed down years ago. Yeah, so did ours up in Topeka. And I, I thought didn't know like, they were oh. still around. I thought they just went out of business, but they apparently closed down around here. I had a Monte Cristo there, and it was good. I still don't understand how you left Florida. I mean, if if I've ever seen a poster child for Florida man, it's Gunsnow. I thought you'd be like with your people there. He was at home there, man. I mean, I was, but it was too hot. Mm. Move Florida north. Yeah, because it never gets hot in Tulsa. It does, but at least it does cool off some. Well, it does. Yeah, you're right. It definitely (laughs) cools off. I mean, I came back and it was, it's actually really nice here today. We had a cold front come through and it was like in the forties this morning. Yeah. We're going to be like 54 tonight. It's going to be all going to open the windows up. It's going to be beautiful here. The high today, 74. It's like, Oh, this is nice. Yeah. Yeah, You go up there, go up there to go to the show, check in the hotel. You're hanging out outside. Everything's good. People wear the shorts. And then the next morning you get up and six foot of snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. What the that heck? was the maddest I've ever seen. G Webs was the day that he Come woke on. up, walked out of the van, and he it was snow <laughs> on the ground. He was furious. <laughs> I remember that day. Everybody in the lobby <laughs> panicking. Welcome to Oklahoma. It's snow, man. Big deal. And yeah, there was another day that it was what fifteen or twenty degrees. When we went Sunday morning, and uh, 
I believe it was Clover and Armenthia were about to freeze. Well, they last did. year, last November, like TJ and Crystal had to go buy jackets. At <laughs> so they, they, they literally don't own jackets down there. <laughs> was that the Was that the time you nearly died in the tornado? That was the same weekend, yes, when Buck and I went through Twister to get there to you guys. Yeah, yeah. And then that night, it was like 37 degrees, and we had to go to Walmart for them to buy jackets. So I got to say, I was really disappointed when we took the road trip. You were disappointed that we didn't die in a tornado? What kind of friend are you, man? No. Like, (laughs) quit quit interrupting and let me finish. So when when we took the road trip, so it's like, okay, we're going to go through. And we went from Colorado over to, where was it? Like Wichita Falls or over to someplace. And then down to, we anyway, we went like across like half of Kansas. And I, I wanted to see a Twister because that was like, that's like the thing with Kansas, right? With the Wizard of Oz and the Twister movie and everything else. Didn't see not one single tornado. I was you went the wrong time of year. Wasn't Twister right. season. Well, then they need to quit putting out um, uh, false propaganda. Is all I gotta say. That's snobs. Hey, snobs got a new propaganda director, so he he can change that for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Maybe you can make Clover the director of cuisine or something like that. So he you can don't improve. want him to be the director of anything. No, I guarantee you. <laughs> Maybe the director of Mexican food. That would be a good title for him. Yeah, he'd, he'd go all over the country and shut down any restaurant. There was Mexican oh, restaurant that didn't need this. I would love that. Rule number one: no white freaking rice. It's like, what do you? What is your problem with white rice with a little bit of cilantro on it? That is not Mexican rice. Get out of here with that mess. Shut. You no, down. I don't like it either. I have never eaten in a Mexican restaurant with white rice. Ever. Yes, there's, you have. there's no, I haven't. Tulsa, I promise you. Wasn't he with us the first time we went? Nope. You were. You no, he wasn't. No, he no. was the second one. The first one we went to oh, okay. was with um, Nut. With Nut. Nut took us to that one place that we, you and I got the burrito because that was the only thing that we recognized on the menu to be a Mexican food was a burrito. Remember that? Yeah, it was like a fancy. It was like Midnight Rays TM Mexican food. It was like weird. It wasn't Mexican food. It was all fancy. Like just because it's called Jorge's doesn't mean that it's a Mexican restaurant, apparently. Right, right. <laughs> so Captain Codebook sent us a picture. He said, "My line today." Nice. That Very looks nice. like fun. That's all awesome. Sissies can't lay on the grass. Well, it might be wet. Train like you fight. Maybe they're not training to fight. Maybe not. Maybe they're just not lazy like me. And carry something up there. I'll lay in a cow pile, you know. Their war is with that paper target, damn it. Let them be. And there's a paper target right there. He says, first time shooter, 25 meters standing, 10 rounds and 2 minutes drilled. Think he listened. We'll zero him in more this afternoon. Yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Appleseed, nice. Very cool. Thanks for sharing. So, let's see. Kingpin says, in the city, Koreans make Mexican food, and in the county, the Mexicans make Chinese food. Interesting. <laughs> that That's a real thing. Yes. 
here it is the I don't even know the proper terminology for people from Asian countries, but anyway, the Asian people own the Mexican food places and the Mexicans own the Chinese food places. That's what he just said. Yeah. Same way here. Yep. We've got one of one of our Mexican restaurants here is owned by some Koreans. <laughs> wow. Jeff and this damn whiteboard. He's the Carl Rove of uh the snob land. So okay. So I'm gonna yeah. earn that big money it's coming my way. <laughs> director of propaganda. Right. There you go. Surely I got to get in on the ground level and be in charge of something. I don't know what. So is Jeff, is Jeff, is Jeff like the Dennis Rodman to, to snobs Kim Jong-un? <laughs> <laughs> Out of all places you can go. <laughs> My mind weird, works in weird ways, bro. <laughs> God. Bernie says the whiteboard of BS. Wow. <laughs> wow. So how about since we're in a little bit better mood, why don't we give some stuff away? What do you think? Okay. I feel like we should give some stuff away. Sounds like sounds like a socialist podcast here giving stuff away. I don't know that I can agree with that. Well, we've got a hashtag out there. This is the 105th, 150th. Hey, congrats, man. I didn't know that. Congratulations. Nice. That's awesome. Yes, sir. So uh, get your hashtags out there. Hashtag EBC is in early bird chat 150. I'll give you a couple minutes to get those out there if you haven't already. Uh, we'll give away a Gizzard Gary channel sticker, a Gizzard Gary uh, magnet, uh, a, an early bird chat thumbnail sticker, a Fuster Cluck sticker, and how about let's make this one special. I'm going to throw in a Gizzard Gary patch. Never given one away on this show. What? Somebody's going to win a patch. You need a patch that says go cluck yourself next year for for, uh, a shot show. Mm -hmm. I do. Wow. Gear Report Firearms throw out a Hashtag EBC 173. Hmm. He's going to win a future one. Uh, getting a jump. Let's see. Clover, of course, is throwing out his fun hashtags. ESPN 1911. Uh, hashtag ATF 911. <laughs> hashtag XYZ321. Misha says hashtag ESPN the Ocho. Wow. Still one of the best movies ever. Just saying. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. What were the uh, what were the five D's or whatever again? Dodge, dip, duck, dive, dodge, or something. Hashtag EBC snob for dictator. Wow. Speaking of movies and terrible movies now. Has anybody else watched the new Jurassic Park or Jurassic, whatever it is? It was I liked terrible. It. I liked it. I liked the one, it. it. It closed up all the loophole. It closed up everything with the previous two. It finished out the... I don't know that it was a great movie 
I don't know if it was a great movie without watching, you know, standalone without watching the other ones. But if you watch the other two, I've seen all the other ones, and I just like the girl's a clone, and they're trying to protect her, and I just thought it was strange. I like it. I didn't like it. Well, I watched Oklahoma. about. You're from Oklahoma, so I know. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't think the new Top Gun was as good as everybody made it out. Yeah, see, you I knew, your, I knew, you, you, I knew you were crazy. Now Uh-oh. you shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, what in the world? Well, to be fair, I didn't finish either one of them because my plane landed before either one of them were over. Oh, you were going to say you, you fell asleep. Uh, I just wasn't that impressed with either one. I was like, yeah. Part of the criteria of being the ruler of the world is you must like Top Gun Maverick. I'm just I, I didn't say I didn't like it. I liked it. It just wasn't as good as people were bragging it up to be. I don't even know you anymore. I don't think it lived up to the hype. Wow. Well, first of all, you waited too long to watch it. You waited until you heard a bunch of hype, and then you went and watched it. I went when I went and watched it. People were throwing a fit that it was all woke and there was female pilots and don't go see this piece of garbage and blah blah blah. And I went and watched it, and it was freaking amazing. I'm like, those people are crazy, and most of the time they are, and I think they are too. I think that it was the same way with the Jurassic World movie. People were dogging on it. I went and watched it, and I'm like. If you watch the other two, I mean, it it, it closes out a trilogy. It, it's I like no different the prior than, one. than Return of the Jedi or, you know, pick whatever, you know, thing that closes out a trilogy. It's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't get people. People, people take things into a movie and it's like when you open the door to the theater, you need to leave all your stuff like outside the door, not like literally out of your pockets, but you know, any emotional baggage and crap. I think people need to just leave it and go in there and watch a movie. It's like, isn't that the point? That's why I go watch a movie is just like to get away. I don't go there to like try to psychoanalyze every minute, unless it's of course like the Avengers or star Wars. And then that's just because uh, I'm kind of a nerd like that. I only go watch a movie when I want to sleep. So there you go. Let's see. I I watch golf when I want to sleep. All right. Who is going to be today's winner? It is R4 Mississippi Thunder. Congratulations, R4 Mississippi Thunder. You're today's winner, winner, not a chicken dinner. (laughs) Congrats. Send an email to winner at gizagary.com with your address and he'll get this shipped right out to you. I do have a little bit of news to share that it just came across. So, uh, says country star John Michael Montgomery injured in a serious tour bus accident. Oh. Just came across the wires, evidently. You know, the sad thing about John Michael Montgomery is his biggest hit, people don't even realize it was his hit. They think that All for One came out with I Swear first, mm-hmm. and that's just blasphemy. Mm hmm. was nearing his home state when his tour bus veered off the interstate, struck an embankment, and overturned. Wow. He suffered cuts and broken ribs. They must have been going pretty fast. To get a tour bus to do that, they must have been flying. But he evidently survived. That's good. Cuts and broken ribs, but it's doing well. My favorite was always probably Beer and Bones, which I think was his first. I really like that one. I don't know the whole. 
He did the Grundy County auction, didn't he? Wasn't that him? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty good one, too. See, we got the right people on here. To talk hey, about pretty lady, won't you give me a sign? <laughs> I mean, he had he had a, he had a run there for I don't know two. I mean, he had what? Wife's a dance. Pretty big he had in the nineties. Love the way you love me. I can love you like that. I mean, was that uh, rope the moon? Rope the moon was a rope good the one. Moon. Yeah, yeah, rope the moon. Yeah. He had a lot of good albums. <laughs> he did. Songs. Be my 90s. baby tonight. I think that was him, wasn't it? Ah, I think so. Be my baby. I think that was him, wasn't it? And I might be wrong about that one. I think I so. that was him. It may have been. I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember nice. the song. Like he and Tracy Lawrence, man, they had that that that, that run. You know, they were both in that same time. They had, mm-hmm. they had a little run there. They were both yeah, really be my baby tonight was him. Was it? I thought it was. Yeah, Tracy Lawrence is from Arkansas. G23 says that was a great song until 10 seconds ago when Snobby butchered it. Wow. You shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> I thought it sounded awesome, sir. Mm-hmm. It was I wonderful. Your moon Jeff is not, gonna, he's not going to uh, get rid of the hand that feeds him at this point, so he's mm-hmm. going to be the propaganda director. I mean, I sat there what? Wednesday night, and we sat around and badmouthed Jeff for a good hour, hour and a half. That's Did it. That, that? That, that's no. That's that's, mm-hmm. that's that's no problem at all. An hour and a half. Went to dinner with TJ, and you know, you know, TJ. I TJ took her the leftover pizza, and he's like, "Yes, I don't have to eat, you know, leftover Jeff sandwiches from Shot Show <laughs> next day, or tortilla chip stuff in the pocket." Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jeff isn't even going to defend himself. The funny thing is, we went and had Chicago style pizza. We had two slices left, and they were like, "It's like that was at least three slices of a normal Chicago pizza." I don't know why they cut them so big, but uh, so we're like, "Hey, TJ, you gotta take these because we're in a motel without a microwave." So, and see, I'm a New York guys. style pizza guy, so oh, that's crappy. <laughs> and that whiteboard, and the Grammy goes to the gun snob. But uh, so taking silent through all that, but you can see I was uh, I was otherwise disposed. Now, so now he, if he's, we got... he's working on his billable hours right now, so that that's another billable hour he mm-hmm. can send you some. So, so obviously Jeff's got all the guitars. Knob was singing. So, come on, we we need a we needed like a duet thing here. Yeah, we'll do one at IV eighty eighty eight. We did one last year. It was pretty amazing. We were ukulele in it. That was uh, yeah. that was the TJ and Gun Snob. Oh yeah, and it's out there. It's on. It's on the YouTube's. If anyone wants to go find it, it was almost as amazing as the ukulele duet we had in the parking lot of Longhorn um, in Tulsa last year. Oh yeah, that was a pretty decent one with TJ and and Snob on the ukulele. So, uh, Bending Ballistics sent this on Instagram. He said... Uh, I believe it's totaled. He said, want to see a pic of how the Bending Ballistics family week went. That's not good. Hope everybody's okay, bro. Oh, geez. Yeah. Wow. I guess somebody walked oh, away. If they did, goodness. that car did its job. Yeah, that's going to leave a mark. Holy cow. Hmm. It's amazing, though, the new cars, for as small as they are, what they will take. I mean, their design is 
I mean, I'm assuming everyone walked away from that, hopefully. Yeah, I sure hope so. I think you would have said otherwise, but that's crazy. That thing was hit pretty hard. Uh, G23 says, snobby pizza is great cold, no need for a microwave. Yeah, not Chicago style. It's a little, it'd be a little much cold. John Z says, when it comes to singing, the gun snob should always be the group manager. <laughs> <laughs> or the roadie. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Misha says it's fixable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Pick it up about five foot and drive another one underneath. There you go. Done. He says Lily just has a fractured hip. It was a hit and run. Wow. Jeez, oh, how did they run? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what were they driving? He says it'll buff out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a fractured hip's bad, but truthfully, for as bad as that was, that's that's pretty good. And that's I, not and that bad. Makes sense. It makes sense too from where the damage was at. Mm-hmm. The, the hip thing does. Bernie says a little bondo and stick a used sign on it. Bondo, yeah. duct tape, baby. Like new, never wrecked. A little duct tape and gorilla glue. You're good to go. Uh, Gizzard had that one day, it. and it was in Tulsa, wasn't it? That you you had duct tape on your bumper, or was that packing tape? Maybe that was packing tape you had on your. You had something on your bumper. I did. No, maybe it was sticking out, and we said you needed to put some on there. I don't remember what the deal was. Something was wrong with your. Bumper, oh though. yeah, I remember what you're talking about now. I had that one panel that was popping out on the right front. Yeah. There's something about Tulsa that makes cars do weird things. I'm just saying. Like alternators going out. I mean, all sorts of weird stuff happens in Tulsa. Probably a lack of Mexican food. That's it. Oh, that, that could be true. I never thought about that. I mean, the ripple effect of bad Mexican food reaches yeah. deeper than I thought. Man, yeah. I, that that's I'm going with that. I'm going yeah. with that. It's pretty bad when you can't wait to get back to Kansas so you can have some good Mexican food again. <laughs> I just want to say I'm sending you a picture, Gary. Okay. For you to show. Okay. I think I, I, think appreciate, I it. appreciate the warning. I'm going to turn my screen off now. Mm-hmm. It's not of me. Don't worry. You're talking about fixing stuff with duct tape. I think aluminum full tape is the correct answer. Oh, Aluminium full, you mean? Mm-hmm. While we're waiting on that, we've got something that Ozzy just sent us. He says it's a Monstrum uh, 3 9x32 scope. Now I have to buy a rifle to put it on. Tell you what, Monstrum makes some amazing things. They really, they, they've, they're doing a really good job right now. I've got one of their 1 to 4 LPVOs, and it's a nice little scope. Yeah, I've got an LPVO. It's, like I said, I, I like the reticle. The, for the price you can get Monstrum stuff, man, you know, they're, they're doing a good job right now. I've got a Bushnell Elite LPVO sitting here in a box on the floor that I still haven't done anything with that I really like. I I've got I've got a Bushnell LP. Uh, I can't remember if I have it on, but yeah, I like it too. Um, yeah, I mean, there's Swamp Foxes of the Worlds, the Bushnells, the Monstrums. Uh, there's about four or five companies that have said, "Hey, you can still make a really quality product for half the price of what other companies are charging for." So if you're out there looking for optics, look at. Monstrum, Bushnell, Swamp Fox, um, 
Athlon. They've all got some really good stuff for good prices. This gun, this gun section was brought to you by the Shell Ghost. So here's a picture that Snob sent me. I'll zoom up on that wingtip. It's airplane duct tape, man. It's all good. Yeah, I looked down. I was like, "Oh, that's great." Yeah, that's what you, that's what you want to see. Yeah. Thanks, American. It's <laughs> an airplane. It's an aircraft-grade duct tape. It's all good. You, and I'll tell you something. I don't know if anybody's ever used aircraft-grade duct tape before, but I have. I have a roll, and uh, that stuff's amazing. Holy moly. That's pretty cool. The fact that they've had to develop airplane-grade duct tape scares me. Just yeah. <laughs> Wow. I was wondering what you were showing us in that picture, but yeah. I'm just sitting there looking out the window thinking, oh, yay, they've duct taped this together. So was it flopping around a little bit? No, it was good. It was good. I'd have been more concerned if I'd have seen the guy out there while I was getting on the, you know, while we were sitting there, if he'd have been out there on a ladder. (laughs) Yeah, walking out there with a roll of tape. (laughs) (laughs) G-Web says no one is worried about the crop circles in that photo. (laughs) Really? Oh. Let's see. Gear report firearm said I was a United States Air Force aircraft mechanic. We called it speed tape. Yeah. Rob wants to know why can't people finish a pizza when ordering it? Pizza isn't breakfast. It most certainly is. If you're a single guy like me and you order a large pizza, which who isn't going to order a large pizza? The rest of them are a waste of money. I can get three or four meals out of a pizza. Yeah, I'm going to eat it for breakfast, lunch, dinner the next day, probably. Uh, Bernie says uh, airplanes and tape shouldn't be in the same sentence. Misha says, Rob, hush and go eat a salad. (laughs) Uh, G-Web says, in my circles, they order way too much pizza all the time, so there are leftovers. Looks like we lost Ghost. I think he probably had to run. Yeah, he had to run. All right. Thanks for jumping in, Ghost. Uh, Let's see. Crystal says, uh, way over order just to have leftovers. Exactly. That's... That's the beauty of a pizza is there's leftovers. What I was going to say, though, is Thursday, TJ texts me, and he's like, I'm miserable. i got to have a nap now. He <coughs> ate two pieces, the huge Chicago-style. So, like, basically three and a half pieces of Chicago-style pizza for lunch. Well, Chicago-style is, is a whole, whole different type of pizza if you're not used to it. It's a meal in and of itself. And you can't even get it around here, so... I actually look forward to going to Tulsa to have Chicago-style pizza, because that's about as close as I can get it around here. Uh, Hey, uh, Gizzard, I'm going to screen share. We were talking about duct tape. took me a while to find it, but I'm going to screen share this. Sure. Very very noble effort here, but still a fail. Whoops. Sorry about that. Rich is here. Welcome, Rich. And <laughs> oh wow! Oh, what the heck did you do there? 
<laughs> is that your truck? No. No. I walked outside of my, my shop back it was this was years ago. That's why I had to dig for it and and uh this was sitting in the parking lot. I'm like, um good try, dude. Good try. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> yeah, that's that's special right there. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good waste of duct tape. I'm pretty I'm sure number- I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that truck had Oklahoma plates. Of course it did. I'm a member of several like trail riding groups on for Colorado on Facebook, and they're always showing their trail fixes and stuff where they put plugs in, put duct tape over them and stuff to get them off the trail. But yeah, that's a whole other kind of special. Do you, do you have a picture of the back of that one with the license plate? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I could tell you what the thing around the license plate says. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Uh, Jeff, remind me sometime when we're not on air. I'll tell you something else. That same buddy that did that to me did to me here the other day. I I have a picture. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you, but this is a kid friendly show, so I won't. Yeah. And say, do I know this snob? Uh, Yeah, I sent pictures of it. Oh, okay. What's that? The valve. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We can't show those on here either. No. All right. I'm going to jump. I got to go get some groceries. Y'all have a good one. All righty. Thanks for being part of the show. Well, if Clover's leaving, I'm leaving. You son of a... Well, Snob's still here. Your leader is still with us. So anyway, we have this from... Tactical FUD. He says 350 Legend and 450 Bushmaster. And then we have another picture following that. I guess I deleted the picture. Oh, same picture. Okay. All right. So, uh, I just want to say to Crystal out there that if she wasn't a, you know, a hermit and came out and went to dinner with us, like she was invited to, she could have had that pizza fresh, not had to have leftover. It's much better fresh. Yes. I'm very upset with Crystal still because she didn't come see me. He should be. I know. I was within like five miles of her house. <clears throat> and she didn't come see me. TJ did. So, uh, Anna Lee Brown is out there in the audience. We have 40 people out there in YouTube. Wow. Welcome, one and all. Do what? Did you get my picture? Of this goat or whatever it is here? Goat? What? You know what that is? That's a Monte Cristo. Oh, it is. Whenever you order a Monte Cristo at Bennigan's, they give you two sandwiches. Oh, okay. Yeah. I ate one. The other one we actually gave to Ethan. (laughs) Wow. They're crazy big. Very cool. That's a healthy sandwich. 
You can only eat those once a year. Yeah, I figure here in a couple months I'll get me Monte Cristo maybe. You know what's an issue when your top chat is the hens, then your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to share the entire window. I hit the wrong thing there. So, Rich, what's it, what are you up to, man? Nothing. Nothing? You were up late last night, weren't you? Uh-huh. One. Yeah, One I didn't get to sleep until like 5 o'clock this morning. Some sort of wrestling um wrestling unloaded chant, I believe. Yeah. Somehow we ended up going three hours last night. It was like I'm looking at the clock, it's like, wait a minute, is that right? And I look at the timer up the top of the stream yard, it's like, holy shit, this was not what I had planned. <laughs> so Annalise says, I haven't made a Monte Cristo in like a dozen years. Hell, OMG. Constitutional Carpenter said, Man, Monte Cristo does sound good, but Misha says, Cubans are better. Shut your dirty mouth. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, the mood got it right. Your meds are ready for pickup, <laughs> yep. Could you imagine eating one of those, like, every week? No. You wouldn't do it for very long. John Z says, three hours. I'm lucky if I can go three seconds. Wow. Yeah, Kingpin, uh, me and Barbecue, we didn't stay on uh, the after chat that long. It's, I couldn't get to sleep last night. I stayed up editing video all night last night till like 3.30. Yeah. But I finally got it all done. So the speaking of video. I, it's uploading. Last, last time I remember looking at my watch last night, it was 5 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. So Snob would like to share this with us. So let's take a look at what happened Friday night. Well, I wasn't there. Well, he wasn't there. Stuck on an airplane. Be nice if Gary would have shared the audio. Intercepted by the dragons. And that's going to be taken back. By Graydon Nelson, and he's got nobody in front of him. If Humphreys can catch him, he'd be the only one, and he's going to waltz into the five, and that's a touchdown return. That's going to be an 83-yard return by the Dragons for a touchdown. How about that? He's a star. He was pretty happy because they were about to score. So that's two weeks in a row that the boy has been a hero. Is he gonna? Is he gonna be like? Uh, probably a star gonna be recruited by a major college soon. Yeah, that probably ain't gonna happen. So John Z says, Gizzard Gary asks Snob if he saw me waving to him on my way to Tulsa on Friday. No, I saw he was in Claremore at Whataburger. Out of all places he could pick to eat, he goes to Whataburger in Claremore. I've been there. Yeah, Whataburger. One, Whataburger is an inferior burger. Two, Claremore is the worst Whataburger there is. They're (laughs) usually slower than sin. 
So Ozzy says, Illinois is opening up deer hunting to straight wall rifle calibers next year. I'm looking at getting a Savage Axis in 350 Legend. That's why I got the Monstrum Scope. Well, Crystal says, "Look, looks like what Kentucky did to my gators last night. Uh, John C. says, not like I do Whataburger all the time. It was a treat for sure. Gunpowder Beauty says, shut your dirty mouth, snob. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're in yeah. trouble. Whataburger used to be good. It's turned to crap in the last year. Yeah. Uh, Gunpowder, if you want to get back at snob, just tell him that his son's going to go to OU to make him happy. Uh-huh. Hey, I could have said Alabama. If he goes on a football scholarship, I'm happy with it, but I don't see it happening, so I'll wear my I'll wear my crimson and green. How about Kansas State? There you go. Get him up here and get some purple on him. Get uh, at least it ain't Kansas. Him. He might get recruited for Kansas. Well, <laughs> He's already better than most of their team. <laughs> I could probably get for KU. Let's be <laughs> Uh, Annalise says, my ass lives in Indiana. I ain't never seen a Whataburger or a Shake Shack or In-N-Out or any of that. Yeah, don't feel bad. We don't got them here either. friend of mine and I used to visit one down there when I'd catch up with him down in uh, Buda, Texas, once in a while. I'd leave the truck over there to Cabela's, and he and I would take off, go over to Whataburger, and sit down and have, have a meal good friend he passed away a few a few years ago so misha says if he goes to university of oregon he'll have cool uniforms well, well i don't know if he'll have, have to wear cool that uniform. green crap again for the next yeah i don't know if he'd have a cool uniform so much as one that if he wore it outside the stadium at midnight nobody would hit him with their car because he couldn't help but see him <laughs> and elise says we got white castle though so that's yep. something i like white castle yeah. I don't have that White Castle either. Oh, yeah. Give me, sorry, there's give, no me, good give me a sack of sliders, man. Hell, yeah. <laughs> uh, G-Web says, I get paid to eat for free at Five Guys now, so I like it just fine. Well, there you go. Yeah, I like Five, five guys. guys. That we is five guys in Somebody here. get that. I hope Moo got that because Single Shot just said, I like Five Guys. Yes, sir. <laughs> Better uh, be Chris, hungry and you go in there, I'll tell you. <laughs> Chris Lang says, Whataburger sold out to some company from California and just went to crap afterwards. <laughs> uh, John Z says, oh, Steak and Shake was really good, too. They do something to the buns with butter and garlic that makes a food orgasm a real thing. Wow. Oh, jeez. Uh, Sam Vanarchy says, uh, Gary, one of the actors from Leon the Professional was one of the firefighters killed on 9-11. R.I.P. Keith A. Glasgow. Wow. Ozzy says, my son's left arm got him a college degree. Left-handed pitcher. There you go. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Annalise says, a case of sliders, man. You betcha. Uh, Crystal says, yes, G-Webs, Five Guys is a great burger. Rob now, he says, Five Guys is way overpriced. I agree. I went to Five Guys here a while back for lunch one night. It cost me $21 for burger, fries, and a drink. I'm out. Because it is not a good burger compared to a real burger like Fat Guys. If you've never had, if you think Ooh, Five Guys is guy. good, you'd love Fat 
fat guys. It's way better and way cheaper. Yeah, I've only got to go there once. I want to get back there someday. And the fries are way superior to the crappy fries at Five Guys. Uh, let's see. Misha says, I always think Five Guys and I like don't belong. Not because it's not good, but trying Five Guys seems painful. Jesus. Wow. I knew I should have read that before. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on you screen. can't trust Misha. You cannot. Uh, Constitutional Carpenter said both Sonic and DQ changed their burgers. Not happy about it. Yeah, Sonic's Sonic. terrible anymore, too. I used to love Sonic. They put ketchup on everything now. Yeah, ketchup doesn't belong on anything. No, oh. it doesn't. Right. Uh, speaking, uh, let's see. What is this? Oh, wow. Not real sure what that one's talking about. We got some stuff from Clint Torres. So, prepare yourself. <laughs> Driving Fords will change a man. He says. <laughs> yeah. Might have that effect on you. Let's see. And then this one says, Me and the boys, after copying Nancy Pelosi's stock trades for a month. (laughs) Wow. Let's see. And then we've got this one. He must not like Fords too much, I take it. He says, uh, if you're having Ford problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but my Chevy ain't one. (laughs) That's fair. Okay, let's see what else we got. Oh, Snob's going to like this one. Be ready, snob. He says, look, a Dodge was here. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) He takes no prisoners, man. What? And it says... It says, that look when you're babysitting the same guy you used to babysit for. <laughs> <laughs> but she's she's a medical doctor. She's the finest medical doctor he knows. <laughs> okay, and then this one that says... Uh, you see, Timmy, the reason that you can't have armed police in a school is because the Democrats want you to die in a school shooting so then so that they can take away everyone's guns. Hmm. Well, so far they're fairly clean. Yeah. I think we're pretty good with those. Clint sent clean memes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unlike him. He must be sick. Now, 
Here we go. This is from Misha. He's going to step it up. Step it up, Ted, here. It says, my generation had Wonder Woman. Your generation has Wonder If It's a Woman. Oh, <laughs> Wow. And then we've got... Oh, we got some stuff from Snobby here. Several. Whoa, a whole bunch. Some of them we may have showed on foul territory, but you know, you don't have the same crowd on foul territory. Yet. No, it's not the same crowd. Why am I doing this again? I don't know, because you want us to all see your, your Moo texts. Oh, At least okay. it's not Moo sending his normal kind of text he sends me, because you wouldn't want to show those on screen. Here, let's do this correctly this time. I'll learn how to do this eventually. Okay, here we go. I saw pink while I was in Florida. I was like, oh, there's pink. You did? I didn't really expect pink to drive a Scion, but, you know, whatever. I actually texted that to him, and he texted me back, my ex-wife must be there. I always see those things. I think it's a refrigerator on wheels, man. (laughs) (laughs) But I've never seen one with Pink Panther laying on it. Nope. Definitely not in a bikini. Yeah, I was about to say, why is he wearing a bikini? It's Florida. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) G-Web says Pink pays folks to wrap their cars like that. (laughs) I'm sure. Now, here's something scary that you saw down in Florida. Yeah. Look at that guy. <laughs> That's a scary bunch. Yeah, Crystal could have been standing there with us, but no. Yeah. I'm going to shame her again. Well, where's the homeless guy in the box? Uh, Well, TJ crawled out of it to go to dinner with us. Mm. That explains it. Okay, and then we've got this. Which I do believe we did look at. Oh, goodness. Be glad those don't go off, or you'd have to put duct tape on that tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those would be hard tires to change. If one of those goes flat, you're in trouble. But wait, there's even more. Here's a Motley crew. <laughs> Did some hog damage, looks like to me. Yes, sir. Why is a pistol there? Because it murdered one of the hogs. Which one did you shoot? The little baby one? No, I think actually the one next to the one that has a pistol in front of it. And Sarge's that he just absolutely murdered just isn't in the isn't in the picture because it was all nasty with mud and they didn't drag it over there. And you didn't eat any of those? No, I ain't eating no thing eats dead animals. 
<laughs> Rob D says this is a rerun. Uh, GWeb says no one needs that big of a tire, not in peacetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, GWeb says they're going to wake up all those sleeping pigs if they shoot them guns. <laughs> wow. In the earlier picture, John Z says, are those guys looking for a lot lizard? Don't they know they're supposed to wait in their cars? <laughs> wow. All right. So we are in hour number four, believe it or not. Uh, shows went by pretty quick. So uh, what are we going to talk about uh for the rest of this show, we've, of course, we were talking about 9-11 earlier, and we got into some extended political discussion, historical discussion, and then we talked about burgers. Uh, what's everybody's plans for the rest of the day? It's the first week of the NFL season. Anybody excited about football? My Not Chiefs really. play at 3 I'll o'clock. be driving the rest of the day. Rich, does your team play today? I think. <laughs> I haven't really paid attention. I'll just be up- excited when this one-hour-long video uploads. I started uploading it last night, and I guess for some reason it quit in the middle of the night at 37%, so I had to start back up. Now I'm at 59%. So Misha's back. A mother stands tall watching for threats as her newborn calf struggles to stand. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's good. That's cool. (laughs) Let's see what else is in here. Oh, this is good. Father and son talking to each other, as they always should. And, uh, Son says, Dad, I don't like guns like you do. Am I adopted? Father says, not yet. We can't find anyone who wants you yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Then what in the world is this? Hmm. Whoops. Something didn't work here. There we go. Why did all world? That's kind of what I was wondering. Not real sure what we're eating here. I don't think there's anything. That's too fancy for me. Two funny pics and one my dinner last night, but it doesn't say what it is. I like that fancy stuff. Let's see. G-Web says, looks like Greek food. Brian says, looks like lamb. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Mediterranean Annalise says, makes me want euros. Uh Don't know. So, Snob is. You finally uploading that video from last night, huh? 
I've been uploading all night, I thought. But... What uh, What did you render that at? 1080. Point... Oh, 1080, no. okay. No, screw Sergeant, it's 5.3K. I was going to say, there's no way you'd upload that. You'd be a whole week. Yeah, I'm going to be long enough uploading it the way it is. Didn't you say it's about an hour long? It's 56 minutes or something. Wow. Longest That's video I've ever length, man. Longest video I've ever done. But it's pretty interesting. You know, he was pretty interested in talking plus showing showing all the shop tour and all that stuff. And But I don't know when it'll actually get released because he's got to have time to watch it and make sure there's nothing that can't be shown in it. I think I blocked everything out that... Now, G-Web says 1080, really? I make everything at 720. Way faster and smaller files. I know that all my StreamYard lives render at 720, but none of that's really high-precision stuff. Most of my pre-recorded stuff I upload at 1080, although on a, on a phone screen... I'm not sure you're going to tell a lot of difference between 720 and 1080. I got stuff uploaded on 4K. I uploaded one video in 4K <laughs> and decided it wasn't worth the time. DJ Play Nice is out there. He says, Wee! Uh, Annalise says, No rice, just lamb and pita and tomato and onion and. Zatiki, whatever the world that is. I don't That's the know. cucumber sauce they put on That's the cucumber sauce. Okay. See, I get educated doing this show. Uh, John Z says, I don't know why I'm so hungry. I had a coffee yesterday morning. <coughs> I haven't had anything but coffee myself. I'm hungry. I sent you an I email. You sent me an email. Well, I replied to the one you sent me the link on. Because I'm lazy. I haven't like gotten it yet. Oh, mm-hmm. there it is. Just came in. Takes a long time to get from Oklahoma to Kansas. It does. <laughs> okay, so here's a picture. You know what that is? I'm going to guess that's the sun. Nope. That's night. No. Nope. And somebody hmm. blew up the moon. Nope. That's a Starlink satellite being launched. Uh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I got a, I've actually got the video on my phone, I think. After the send. It was actually pretty cool. We got to watch it from the motel roof. There's another picture here. I guess technically a hotel. Yeah, it's a little. It's hard to tell in the video or in the picture because it's it was pretty cool to see in person, but the camera didn't do a real great job. Did you know it was coming, or you just happened to be outside? Uh, you... TJ informed us. Oh, that they were going to launch it because they were supposed to launch that big one, and then it kept getting put off, put off, put off. But they had the oh, Starlink right. launch. I guess the Starlink launches are pretty common. Now, what's that, another uh, communication satellite? or The Starlink is the internet, Elon Musk's thing. Hmm. 
Misha says, hey, it snobs Uranus. No, I don't oh, think so. <laughs> Misha right. said, I had a lamb euro for lunch. Hmm. I don't know if this will sound. We'll see if it will. Probably okay. 30 minutes before you get it. Show may no, be over I'm on for another 30 minutes, so it'll <laughs> be okay. Show may be over by the time you get it. It might be. Let's see if I have any other email. Nope, I don't. So we'll just wait for the ding. And while we're doing that, we have 35 people out in the audience, so... Rob D says, all I ate yesterday was a cucumber salad and peanuts to snack on. Man, you can't live on that. Uh, Constitutional Carpenter says, I haven't had any Mediterranean in a while. Just finishing up some chicken curry leftovers from last night. That sounds good. I'm fixing to go have burgers, homemade ice cream, and all that stuff for my grandpa's 96th birthday today. Well, his birthday was yesterday, but they're having a... Get together for it today. I went to a birthday party last night on the way home. Uh, Chris Lang says, I'm cooking a late breakfast. Crispy or chewy bacon? Always crispy. Chewy. Crispy. It's got to be crispy. Actually, there's no wrong answer to that question. Hmm, right. Hush, Jason. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's sent. My gizzard can just get it. It's a text gizzard. Throw on a poll out there. We're going to resolve the crispy versus chewy debate once and for all. Really? The poll says, how do you like your bacon? Crispy, chewy, or whatever, after all, it's bacon. If it's chewy, it's not cooked all the way. Uh, Abby Finnegan's out there. Hey, y'all. Abby. Hey, Abby. G-Web says, too chewy is wrong, too crispy is wrong. Uh, (laughs) Jason Stewart says, dang, I'm here 30 seconds and it's already pig killing. (laughs) Oh, we've already had pig killing earlier. Jason just missed it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's see what Snob sent me here. Oh, movie. Okay. It's the video of the launch. Well, let's take a look at that. We have time, so... What in the world's going on up the top of the screen? It looks like he got photobombed by a bug. Yeah, I think it is a bug or something. I don't know. It was pretty cool to see, though. Because I'm from Oklahoma. I ain't never seen no rocket launch. No, I've seen a uh, I've seen a falling star going the other direction. <laughs> Those are kind of cool too. They said this goes up there, 
releases this into space and then comes back down and lands on a platform in the ocean. Hmm. That's just pretty cool. Now, where'd they launch at from? Cape Canaveral. Oh, God. Yep, I made one delivery down there one time. It's quite uh, quite the thing to go through. Park by the guard shack, they take pictures of you, run a background check, all that kind of stuff. And tell you where you gotta go, and pretty cool. So Abby says, speaking of pigs, I saw the most idiotic conspiracy theory saying that humans are hybrids of pigs and monkeys. Oh, my God. Some are. Uh, let's see. Misha says, last night, well, this morning at like 1 a.m., I was working, and behind me I heard a branch snap. I had a headlamp on, and I turned around to see three sets of eyes staring at me from a tree. Raccoons. Wow. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Abby said, I saw the space shuttle launch when I was a kid. Pretty cool. Clovertack says, Snob has seen a dragon fly. He's even seen a house fly, but wow. he ain't never seen no rocket fly. That truck is still sitting there. That thing was there last week when I went through. Talk about the Cape Canaveral. I think I have a picture of it from, my, from the airport. That building looks massive because you're way up in the air and you can see it plain as day. And it looks huge. I mean, I've always heard it's huge. G-Web said, if people in Oklahoma ever seen something like this, it meant 36 ICMs just left Arkansas. <laughs> it's not exactly a and, good sign. Annalie Brown says, I saw, I watched the Challenger explode. We went outside to watch yeah. it. Lived in Clearwater. Watched yeah. the explosion in the sky. Yeah. Wow. How's the poll going? Let's see. So far, we have 17 votes in the poll. 65% prefer their bacon crispy. 6% say chewy. And 29% said whatever. After all, it's bacon. I mean, I'm not going to turn it down if it's chewy. Let's put it that way. I'm still going to eat it. As long as yeah, it's buddy. cooked. long as it's cooked. Not eating raw bacon. All right. Let's see. Wow. Uh, Abby says the building is bigger than Nancy Pelosi's crack addiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty big. Annalise says my guy likes his bacon all but raw. I can't even. Yeah, me either. Oh, here's a picture right here. We will take a look. That is cool. I mean, that doesn't that picture you don't realize how big it is till you think about how high up you are and you zoom up on it, you can tell it's pretty good sized. I mean, look at everything around it and look at that. Whoops, wrong way. 
Make it a little easier to see. There we go. That is awesome. Especially taken out of a plane like that. That's a good shot. Nice. All right, so let's see. Jason says, I prefer my bacon still walking. <laughs> uh, G-Web says, you can always cook chewy bacon more. You can't uncook crispy, though. Uh, Triggerfish45 says, Gizzard Gary, my wife has chickens and is waiting for them to start laying eggs. She said the eggs supposedly taste like what you feed them, so I told her to feed them bacon. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what a great idea. I think you found something. Yeah, it's a great uh, idea. Millionaire, bacon-flavored eggs. Annalise says, my son makes perfect bacon. I burn it, and I hate myself, but my son stands there and makes it just perfect. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Misha says, I'm a social pariah. I cook it in an oven. I think Snob does, too. Don't Sometimes. You? I usually cook it on a black stone anymore. Uh, Abby says, Anna, that's like me and pancakes. I make them perfect. The old man burns a few. <laughs> Travis T. said, that's the NASA Vehicle Assembly Building. Yeah, I was supposed to meet up with Travis T. And then my ride ended up leaving earlier. Friday morning, so I was just stuck at the airport. Macho Fitz out there says, Howdy, y'all. Just enjoying my bacon, egg, and cheese bagel sandwich. Uh-huh. Nice. Y'all making me hungry. 24 votes in the poll still. 62% prefer their bacon crispy. 17% say chewy. 21% say whatever. After all, it's bacon. And they're not wrong. All right. So, uh, pancakes, bacon, and eggs, and bagels. Mm. It all sounds pretty good to me. Yes, sir. So, Snob, what are you going to do with the rest of your day? Well, we got to go to that, my grandpa's 96th birthday party here in a little bit. What time is that? Uh, I think they said it'd be there around one fifteen, one thirty. So, I didn't get my invitation. So I'm just excited because it's you know his favorite thing is chocolate sheet cake and homemade vanilla ice cream. So they always make that every year. Mm. That, is, that is so good. Sounds good. Somebody's phone's ringing. I hear that. What's Mine. It's my granddaughter. I can't take it right now, granddaughter. Sorry. Yesterday was my granddaughter's tenth birthday, oh, and I'm I messaged I'm I messaged her last night, and Grandpa said she was sick, but he'd give it to her in the morning. So. Oh. My phone is on vibrate, but it was sitting on top of a uh, plastic top table. So, yeah, it's making quite a bit of racket. And I silenced it, and she turned around and called me right back afterwards. So <laughs> I put it on the floor. 
I'll have to get back with her here in about half an hour when the show's over. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, granddaughter is 10 years old. It's hard to believe. Wow. Tells you how old I'm getting. Um, I'm talking about Annalise says, my mom made the Bexas, my made the best Texas sheet cake. Use instant coffee granules. Holy huh. F, that was good. Uh, Jason Stewart says, I like my bacon eaters slightly kissed from the flames of hell. Wow. <laughs> G-Web says, Gizzard is 96? No. No, my 96-year-old grandpa acts younger than Gizzard. <laughs> That's a true fact. Well, he's probably going through a second child <clears throat> at this point. Uh, Ozzy says, my granddaughter is 21. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> I don't know how old Snob's grandchildren are. Uh, better not be any grandchildren. Ah, your time will come here soon. And it better not be very soon, is all I got to say. <laughs> Yeah, but that's when you really can spend some time with them and spoil them and send them back to mama. That's right. Teach them kids how to shoot. Have young'uns learning how to shoot for the first time with an Altor. Well, that'd be an experience, wouldn't it? If that was the first gun you ever shot, you'd never want to shoot another gun. I'm not that kind of guy. That's cruel. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cruel and unusual punishment. We'll get him a little cricket. Let him start out with that. I got my gun. I bought at the gun show last year. That was my first twenty-two. The twin oh, yeah. did. Really? Daisy. Hmm. That was your first twenty-two. The Daisy that I bought at the gun show. Yeah, it was identical to it. Oh, Daisy built action. Okay, but it wasn't the first. No, I wish it was the one. The one got stolen out of my dad's house when I was younger, but this is a just like it. Little bolt action, 10 shot Daisy 22. Mine was wooden stock. This one has the plastic sock that looks like wood. They only made yeah. the wood stock for like one year and then went to plastic. Hmm. So Misha says, I got called old the other day. I'm 35, but I listen to Classic Rock Radio Station and like oatmeal raisin cookies. I love oatmeal raisin cookies. 35, somebody called her old? <laughs> he. That's uh, a he. That's a he. Oh, he, sorry. <laughs> I'm 66 uh, and I can't even remember 35. Two Live Moose says, after that football game, <laughs> Snob will be grandpa in about 40 weeks. Shut your dirty mouth, Moose. <laughs> uh, let's see. Annalise says, I'm only 43. I got 50 more years of this shit. <laughs> Ancho Fett says, I still have my first 22 Winchester Model 74 rifle. Wow. I got my still um, have my original ones, uh, Mossberg 640KA bolt action 22 Magnum and a single shot 12 gauge. Is your Mossberg a Chuckster? 
Yep, I have a KC Chuckster. I love that. Oh gun. man, I love that thing. I'm telling you, I shot more woodchucks with that thing. Jeez. Mm-hmm. I actually did a uh, this old gun video on that. You should actually watch it, single shot. You'd enjoy it. It's pretty. Yeah, neat. I'm gonna check that out. That was a that's a neat gun. That was it was mine was my uncle's who never had it, never was married, never had any kids, and hmm. he left me it. And it's just a neat gun. I really like yep. the gun. The gun will shoot. Oh, it shoots good. Yes, sir. Very so, accurate. G twenty three said Gizzard Gary wasn't seven in Oklahoma a while back. I don't know. Was he? <laughs> Uh, Gunpowder says, I better not have any grandkids for at least 10 years, and that's for our oldest, who is 13. Mm. Constitutional Carpenter said, first rifle I shot was a 1903 model Remington 22LR. Rob D. says, modern classic rock has changed a lot. Yeah, it has. Oh, yeah. Misha says, everyone who just said they like oatmeal raisin from the panel just confirmed I'm old. I like oatmeal. I'm not very much older than you, Misha. <laughs> I love oatmeal raisin. Now, single shot? Yeah, that confirms you're old. Never mind, Misha. <laughs> yes, so. sir. Oatmeal raisins, a little bit of cinnamon, some whole milk. Yes, sir. Moncho Fit says, I just had a birthday at the end of August. Can't believe that I made it this far. Each day above ground is a good day. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. DM Foss says, I have a Chester Cheetah. <laughs> uh, I have a Cougar Foss, so we both have a big cat. <laughs> so Misha says, Snob's first gun was likely the first blunderbuss shortly after it was developed. That's true. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like three years older than Misha. Two Live Moo shared Snob's video on the Chuckster. Yep. My great-grandfather passed that down to me. I'm still so sad that whole series didn't do better than it did. I had a lot of fun doing it, but it's just, it's a lot of work for... This old gun stuff? Yeah, not a yep. lot of return. I enjoyed those. Those were fun to look at. I don't know why people. It's sometimes it's just hard to tell what people will watch yeah. and what they won't. It was too uh, much work for the little return it got. So, Chris Lang says, how old is everybody? I'll be 51 on the 30th. I am Not 60- that dang old. I am 62. 66. Snob is like 20. Yeah. 38. 38, yeah. Rich, I don't know how old Rich is. Huh? Sorry. How old are you? 48. 48. Jesus Christ. Youngins. Mm. Annalise, 43. Ozzy will be 62 in December. Yeah, he's right behind me. Every year goes by, it goes faster. You know, my grandma and grandpa tell me that all the time. Of course, they're both 94, 96 and stuff. Mm. Say that all the time. They've said it since I was a little kid. It just gets faster as you get older, and the older you get, really, that is a lot of truth to that. Yep. DM Fuss says, Snob just looks like he's 51. I'm going to just act like I'm 65, so there you go. 
Mike White says, I will be 69 October the 1st. I think he's the winner so far. He's a winner. Two Live Moo is 54. Jason Stewart is 50. But to be fair, Two two Live Moo's liver is like 84. Constitutional Carpenter is 35. Buck is 58. Uh, Moo's liver is 84 just from the one uh, Christmas Eve episode we did. If you remember how drunk he was that night. He doesn't remember. No, surprisingly, he does. G23 says 42 in December. Brian Bridges says, I feel 30. Does that count? I guess it does. (laughs) Only as young as you feel. Misha says, the only thing getting faster on snob is good receding hairline. Hashtag sorry, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky this is family-friendly early bird chatter. I'd tell you to F.O. Are you going to give him the bird? Is that uh, more than likely? How was that not? Uh, Gunpowder says thirty-seven on the twenty-first. Okay, huh? right behind you, snob. Honcho says old enough to know better, but still do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis says I'll be forty-two on the day of foul territory one eighty-seven. And Kingpin says, I am 16,425 days. I can't even do that kind of math. (laughs) Uh, Now, G-Web says, celebrate a birthday week online. Keep the date to yourself and friends in real life. Little late for me. I've told people when my birthday is on my live chat. So, Kingpin says... Good gosh, 1,419,120,000 seconds. I really can't do that math. <laughs> DM Fuss says I'll be 51 next month. Wow. And uh, Misha what? says I'm much too young to feel this damn old singing. Exactly. Song. Yeah. <laughs> Worn out tape of Crystal do. Lonely women and baboons are the only friends that I have left. Ancho Fit says around 450,000 hours on this chassis. Uh, G Web says no one needs that many seconds, not in peacetime. <laughs> DM Fuss says I am very immature for my age. Yeah, same here. <laughs> My wife tells me that all the time. (laughs) I think we all got that kind of in common. That's all. A lot of people appreciate the song reference. Yeah. Good music. Good music back in the day when they actually had good music. Yes, sir. I don't know if there's any good music comes out anymore. Mm-hmm. Stop listens to some though. I'm up to sixty nine percent. Sixty nine percent what? My video oh. upload. Oh, <laughs> takes forever. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to be done by the time we got this uh, show over with. Yeah, right. Of course, uh, being on a live stream probably doesn't help your. Upload speed either. Really doesn't matter, I'm sure. 
probably isn't going to have time to watch it for a few days because they were going to a trade show and stuff this week. So, Ozzy says, I was born on the 169th anniversary of the Second Amendment. Wow. I was born on the 99th anniversary of Kansas statehood. If that tells you anything. Uh, I was born on the 2000 or something the anniversary of uh, Julius Caesar being killed in the Roman Senate. I don't know what I was born on. Probably on a table. <laughs> or whatever you call them things. Yeah. You were born or you just burst out in the middle of a field like a calf? hatched. <laughs> were you calved? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Misha says, some of those second counts are how long I hide in the bathroom to avoid the world. That Facebook meme got me good. I was scrolling Facebook, and it said, time to stop scrolling and get off the pot. Wow. Abby was born at two minutes to midnight. Wow. Uh, Is she who the Iron Maiden song's about? You know, it's like a picture. Kingpin said, I was born on the first anniversary of my life. That's that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Seems legit. Rob said, I just turned 126. I keep telling you all to eat salads. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anna, yes, the Ides of March. G23 said, so you were born in 1875, Gary? No, no. Uh, Jason says... The gun snub now is time, young man, to immune yourself from pain. If not, the 40s will be rough. Things will hurt for a reason. Yep. For no reason, yeah. Yeah, things already hurt for no reason. Jason says, I was born on the anniversary of my dad's silly-ass grin. Wow. (laughs) Annalise says, I was almost 10 months and my mom, I guess my laziness is inherent. <laughs> uh, Misha says, I was born on the first day of my life, but I guess the nine months in the womb, I was dead. Hmm. Well, unless you're Chinese. I remember uh, Chinese celebrate their first uh, birthday three months after they're born. They do? Oh, they used to, anyway. That was, that was uh, what the Chinese professor I had in college said. All I know at my age is when I know I've got to get up Get going, get something done, my body says after you. <laughs> Block 9 says, the older you get, the harder it is to lose weight and stay healthy. That's a yeah. fact. fact. <laughs> That's a fact. You don't burn calories near like you used to. No, sir. Brian Bridges says, I was born on the day before yesterday. So you're <laughs> two days old then, huh? Wow. Abby says, Koreans mark you as one as soon as you burst out. Wow. (laughs) Misha says, so that's why my toes are slowly disappearing. (laughs) I remember toes. (laughs) All right, so we've got a little over 15 minutes to go. So... Anything we need to get 
out there before we tie this up. G23 says, I just finished fried egg sandwiches. Just fried egg? I mean, those are good, but mm. put one on a hamburger sometime. Ooh. A little cheese on top of that. That's good. Honcho Fit says, I was born during a solar eclipse. Wow. Annalise says, fried egg and spam? No, nothing Ooh, with spam. Yeah. No. Yeah. no. Only in a Monty Python sketch. No, 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 no. You can eat it if there's spam on there. Spam, 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 eggs and spam and hold the eggs. I will feed my spam to the dog next to the table. I'll kind of hold it down there so the dog spam. Can... Terrible. The, 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 yeah, the only the only spam that was any good was the Monty Python spam sketch. Honcho Fit says, also, each of my names is made up of six letters. Does that signify anything? Well, so was Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Jason says, is surgically removed the same as being born asking for a friend? I think so. Yeah, yeah I was. They uh, might get down the same. I was a C-section for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because I was 23 and a half inches long and 10 pounds and a half ounce when I was born. Yeah, our, youngest daughter, our youngest <laughs> daughter was an emergency C-section because the wife started hemorrhaging, hemorrhaging so she... Wasn't able to deliver naturally at that point. Yeah, you know, life-saving measure. They had to do the C-section. Yeah. Uh, G23 says, over easy eggs on hamburgers. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, Block 9 says, speaking of spam, I watched the documentary about when the Russians opened up a can of spam. They said it was America helping them open a second front before we joined the war. Hmm. That's interesting. Uh, Kingpin says, tip of the hat to you, Gizzard Gary. Sorry for getting out of line in your chat. I need to pick my words better on other people's channels. Great show, as always, sir. Uh, don't worry about it in the least little bit. Sometimes discussions do get a little bit pointed and heated, and we kind of had a topic that kind of got people's emotions at a pinnacle. This did, did you talk about mayonnaise and Kingpin got out of line? No, no oh. mayonnaise. <laughs> now, he would have definitely lost it if we had talked about mayonnaise. Yeah, he no. gets a little out of line when you start talking about putting mayonnaise on stuff. You got to be careful. Although he did do a good video yesterday. You need to watch that on Kingpin's channel. It was great if you haven't seen it. Uh, Annalise says, my name means Grace Meadow, and I like it better than Annalie. Uh, John Brown Productions says, I was born on the day between the Ides of March and St. Patty's Day. Annalie says, my kids are C-section. They were five and six pounds. First was emergency. Second was because I wasn't going through that shit again. Hmm. Block 9 says, snob, sounds like you ruined it for your dad. <laughs> wow. And G-Web said the same thing was a topic about mayo earlier. Uh, no. Uh, G-23 says, I don't know how I was born, but I was told that I was an a-hole baby. Hopefully not that way. Yeah. Uh, 
Ozzy said they didn't do C-section and I was born. I was butt first. Wow. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Sometimes when they're butt first, you just got to take, take your arm, push it back in, turn it around, and then pull it. Abby says my umbilical cord was wrapped around my legs. My son's was wrapped around his neck. They actually had to reach in and turn him a little bit before he was born. Wow. Block 9 says, well, at least he didn't take over the show like Black Cat that one day when he was drinking. <laughs> yeah. Misha says, only lawyers are born of the a-hole. Wow. Hopefully we wow. don't have any lawyers in here. <laughs> interesting discussion. It's been an interesting day. Mm. Interesting show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 11 minutes to go. But the, the honchos uh, comment, everybody's born Australian-style repel. Well, if, they, if they're doing it right anyway. I fast-roped out using my umbilical cord army-style. Yeah, if you don't know what um, Australian repel is, that's repelling down a cliff upside down. Oh, Misha said, did you get the email? I didn't see it. Oh, good thing you mentioned it. Uh, let's take a look. And yes, it's fine. I looked at it. So, this is, I'm taking, I'm taking you two, I'm taking the two of you in for assault. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll never catch us alive, copper. That's great. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Ohio. I am here. Stop by and slap Jason on your way through for me. Famous for me. <laughs> I knew where he was at. <laughs> Abby says, somewhere in a photo album is a picture of me flipping the bird like five minutes after I was born. <laughs> uh, Chris Lang says, Kingpin, it just means it was a good show. Love you guys. Y'all are the best. I sacrificed Hickok 45 Sunday shoot-around to hang out with you guys and gals. Well, I'm glad you chose us. Thank you very much. Thank you. I don't know if I can find it, but I've got a picture. Gosh. I think I made... Oh, darn. I don't have that handy. I'll have to show you one of these days. So I've got a picture of my granddaughter. Is it in this one, perhaps? No. Darn. One of these days I'll show you. It's, it'll kind of make you chuckle if you ever see it. But she was just a baby and she was struggling around and we caught her making a fist. I don't have a picture of it. <laughs> At any rate. No, I don't have it. So, we've got uh, eight minutes to go. Misha says, I have a semi-embarrassing teenage photo. 
<laughs> G-Web said, back in my day, they would put two bullets in front of a baby. If the baby grabs a decent caliber, they get to grow up in the USA. If the baby grabs a 9 millimeter, they get sent to Europe to uh, grow up metric. <laughs> uh, Brian Bridges says, welcome single shot to Ohio. I.O., he says. Thank you. Defense Dad says, lunch break, did I miss anything good? Yeah, you missed all the fun. Uh, Abby says, I was a weird kid when I was a teenager. Snob's a weird kid now. (laughs) Nah, he's a good guy. I didn't know him when he was a teenager. Were you a weird kid as a teenager? Mm, As an asshole. I'm glad you grew out of that. Did I? I'm not saying nothing's changed. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I was trying to be nice. Somebody ought to do that to snob every once in a while and say something nice about it. Kingpin does that enough for everybody. Okay, so Misha sent a couple pictures. Says, Here is two. So let's take a look. That's a nice picture. I take it you're not the one with the parasol in your hands. Misha's older than I realized. Yeah, really. Yeah, we didn't have clothes like that when I was young. I'm always fan. You were still wearing fig leaves when you were young, so hush, Gizzard. (laughs) Oh, that's worse than I was going to say. I was going to say they were still wearing tri-corner hats when Gizzard was young, but it's not beating me on that one. <laughs> There's picture number two. Wow. Oh. I like the old-style photography. That's pretty cool. Let's see. What did I miss? Let's see. Travis T says, all kids are weird. Yeah, Chris Lang says all teenagers are weird. Uh, Defense Dad said Snob was in theater and drama. Kingpin says hashtag don't hate on Snobby. Kingpin said the internet reaction, ah, those guns are all pointing in the wrong directions. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Five minutes to go, everybody. And George is wanting to jump up on my lap. He must know the show's about over. Yeah. So uh, let's give everybody a chance to uh, give their plugs. Tell us what they got going on and uh, what they got going on for the rest of the weekend. We'll start with the gun snob. I know you're uploading video and you've got a birthday party to go to. Anything else coming up for you? I'll have a bunch of video from the Free Armory pretty soon. This interview one's probably going to be a few days because it's got the shop tour in it and there's stuff in there that can't be shown. Proprietary stuff, plus they do stuff for other companies that can't be shown. So i got to send it to the owner and let him run through it and make sure there's nothing that's not blocked out. It needs to be. So it'll probably be the end of the week before it comes out. And then... uh I'll have some other stuff. Maybe some fishing and hunting and all that stuff from that trip. 
Here's my buddy. George is ready to <laughs> say goodbye to everybody. Yeah, he's a big boy. He's a big boy, all right. That's for sure. So, uh, let's see. Rob says, I almost forgot my big news. I found two whole dollars on the ground last night. It's wow. almost enough to wow. buy a cup of coffee. Yeah. Almost. So, single shot. And and thanks for being here, Snob, by the way. Uh, single shot, uh, what have you got coming up? Oh, I'm just going to complete this run, I guess. i got to deliver this tomorrow in Muncie, Indiana, and then uh, run from there down to Kentucky, pick one up, and head back to the uh, receiver in Maine. Other than that, I haven't got too much going on. I apologize to folks that watch the channel there that I haven't released much going on. There's so much going on here lately. That I'm a one-man band when it gets to the house because chief cook, bottle washer, house housekeeper, and everything else. So I got my hands full when I do ha when I do have a little bit of time at home. This time I only had about. 38 hours for a reset on my time, and that was it. Anyway, wish everybody a good rest of the Sunday. Take care. God bless. America moves by truck. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. And Rich, to you, what have you got coming up? You got a show this evening? Yeah, I believe so. That'd be it. 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Unloaded Media Channel. Uh, you may not want to watch if you're Muslim. I'm just going oh, to okay. throw that out there. Racist? <laughs> Thanks Thank you for the warning. Islam is not a race. It's a religion. Thank you very much. So before, before we leave the air, I want to uh, do a little bit of last-minute business. So... Let's hear from GearWebsites.com. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. And remember, every Friday is Free Patch Friday at GearWebsites.com. So check them out. Also check out... the. Uh, Thanks to uh, Rob D. being out there. Let's check out a little business of his we call R&L Displays. R&L Displays creates beautifully handcrafted wooden firearm display kits that give you endless options to display your firearms in different ways. With an interchangeable magazine design, you can effortlessly go from a wall mount firearm display to a desk or table stand. Also now available are pistol display stands. All products are handcrafted in New York, USA. So remember, visit rndldisplays.com. And we had a last-minute bot on the channel. <laughs> oh, oh, what a perfect way to end the show. So uh, Snob had to leave. So anyway, thanks to everybody for watching out on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, as always. Thanks to everybody on the panel. And everybody out there in the chat for making this a great show. And uh, 
I appreciate it. So also thanks to uh, my uh, patrons on patreon.com and my channel members on YouTube for their financial support. Always appreciated. Uh, remember, uh, check out uh, the shows that come on later today. Uh, check out my community tab and I'll share links for some other shows that come on later today. So anyway, uh, have a safe and pleasant Sunday. Don't forget next week, uh, Friday night, Foul Territory, 9 p.m. Central. Hold, hold up. You yes. said a few webs just threw out there in the chat. Oh, let me see that. It says, anyone who grabs an RNL display today will get a coupon code to get $25 gift certificate to Gear Website Store. Wow. Very cool. How about that? That's awesome. Kingpin also Kingpin says Gizzard Gary G Webs does Instagram on YouTube today. Okay, very good. Uh, Kingpin says Gizzard Gary make that too. Uh, G23 says Georgia trapping and fishing is next. Check that out also. Uh, don't forget foreign and domestic on the Scottish American at uh, 6 p.m. Central since we're throwing out plugs. Uh, so anyway, almost got me derailed, but that was very cool. Worth stopping for, definitely. So anyway, everybody have a safe and pleasant weekend. Early bird chat once again next Sunday at 9 a.m. Central. So, on behalf of my panel, this is Gizzard Gary saying have a safe and pleasant Sunday. And uh, we will see you next week. And don't forget that if anyone tries to infringe on your right to keep and bear arms, give them the bird, as Gizzard Gary says. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Early Bird Chat is a production of Gizzard Gary Productions and is streamed live every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Time on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and later released as an audio podcast on Apple Podcast, Podbean, Google Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, Samsung, and Podchaser. For more information, please visit our website at gizzardgary.com.